Welcome to MCU Complete Me. It's the podcast where we talk about all the Marvel movies. My name is Crystal, and with me today is Luke. You had me at high. <laughs> I don't... How do you get me every time? I that? don't know, because I've done it over and over to you. But Luke, yeah. I have one very important question for you. What's that? What's up? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, then, uh... Trying to think. Um, I watched a lot of Steven Universe with my girlfriend uh, two weeks ago. It's a good show. That you know what that show is very good. It's, it's a good one. Um, been playing a lot of that video game Hollow Knight. That's also pretty good. Don't know a damn thing about it. Um, it's uh, it, it, it is the like elevator pitch for it is very cliche at this point because it's a Metroidvania with Dark Souls elements, which describes Luke. Please, a uh, Metroid Castlevania. Yes, a Metroid Castlevania, a Metroid-like, if you will, with elements borrowed from Dark Souls, which is describes like 60% of indie games made anymore, but this is a really good one of those. It's kind of like a mix of Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, and Super Metroid, is what you're saying. I, I, would, I would say more Super Metroid than Symphony of the Night. There's no, like, RPG elements. Okay. But there's a lot of, you know, you're a little guy, and you gotta go through a dark place but some doors you can't get through because you don't have the right skills but you beat up some bad guys and then they give you the skills that's sure that's the that's the the thing (laughs) uh have you seen thor the dark world uh you know i did i watched it um right before we started recording this yeah yeah uh have you seen it before no i had not seen it before now this is your your first time seeing it so you don't have any history or relationship with this film. My entire relationship with this film is I saw some other movie in theaters around the time it was coming out, and I saw the trailer for it and thought, well, that looks bad, and then didn't watch it. <laughs> Why did you think it looked bad? Um, It was long enough ago that I honestly don't remember. The only part I remember is, like, the stinger where Loki shows up, and he's like, you must be really desperate to need my help. And I'm like, oh. Oh, they're just coming up with an excuse to have more Loki in it. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Anyway, back to whatever I'm here to watch. Which, when did this come okay. out? What year was this? 2013? 2013. 2013. I'm trying to think, what what other movies came out that year? Because I don't go to the movies that much. I'm thinking, uh, Iron Man 3. Okay, didn't see that. Uh, Man Dark or Knight Steel. R- it might have been Dark Knight Rises, because that no, was... No, that 20- was 2012. Right, right, but the trailer for Thor 2 might have been in front of it? No, it would have been too early. The okay. trailer debuted February 2013. Okay. Uh, Maybe you Star Trek Into Darkness? No, it wasn't Star Trek. Uh, it was Ryan Man of Steel. So, yeah. Okay. That great film. Fast and Furious 6. Yeah, I, I was late to the Fast and Fur- Furious train. Frozen. They name drop Frozen in the new game, The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. Yeah, oh yeah, you've played that game, huh? Yeah. How was that? Um, I, I was not expecting for my body to be physically as tense as it was expecting things to go wrong uh-huh i think they they do go wrong right yeah no it, it yeah. is about a child living in an abusive home yeah yeah um or don't nod games bad i like them it's I, I don't know like it seems like everyone really likes them at the outset like everyone really liked life is strange and like episode one and two and then episode five came out and everyone's like oh that's how it ends oh Ah, well, Luke, here's the thing. I'm one of the people who likes the ending. Oh, boy. Well, we, listen, that's a separate podcast. Yeah, no, we we do not have time to get into that discourse. No, we don't. (laughs) And Ashley's a big fan of this podcast, and I don't want to make her mad. Right, yeah, you, she just, uh, when she's hearing this a month from now, she just leaped out of her chair and started marching to Ohio to kick your ass. (laughs) 
uh, Luke. Yeah. Are you aware of the reputation around Thor The Dark World? Um, I think everyone kind of thought it was just sort of, like, bleh and forgettable, right? Yeah, I don't... That's... Why? Oh, oh, do you want to know the answer to that, the, of why people feel that way? Yeah. Because it sucks! Oh, <laughs> this man. This movie sucks eggs! <laughs> oh, boy. It's going to be our first disagreement. Oh, we finally made it! <laughs> now, I, you know... We'll talk through it. We'll get into the rankings later, but I thought yeah. I, I like this movie. This movie is near the bottom of our list for me. It <laughs> might be the bottom. I haven't decided yet. I don't know. This is the one where this is kind of like it's kind of like the spirit tracks of the MCU. Okay. Where everyone says spirit tracks is the worst one, but spirit tracks is actually very good. Spirit tracks is all right. I don't know if I'd go as far as say very good, but I do think it gets a bum rap. I'd say it's the best handheld Zelda game. Um, I like Link Between Worlds more, but I get why you might not if you feel like it's too much of a retread or you didn't like the changes they made. Yeah. This is not our video game podcast, but we've talked about three different video games now so far. Well, let's start getting into Thor the Dark World. Yeah, let's get into this piece of shit. <laughs> Luke. <laughs> Don't make fun of my favorite Thor movie. <gasps> Wait, oh no. Is it? No, no, I don't believe okay. that. I, right. I once believed this movie was better than Thor. I okay. now do not believe that. It's definitely not better than Thor 1, and I have not seen Ragnarok, but people really like Ragnarok. So, this movie begins with some narration by Odin. Sure does, doesn't it? We haven't even gotten to anything. Okay, you describe this narration, if it's so shitty. Okay, well, no. Odin is giving all this backstory about how before the universe existed, there were these dark elves that ruled everything. And then there was, like, a war with Asgard over, like, who rules the universe that just got born or something. I uh, And the dark elves made the ether which is this spooky, dark red blood liquid that is, is very strong, and they were going to win the war with it, but then the, the Asgardians used the Bifrost to whip it away, and they won and beat all the Dark Elves. But you can't destroy the Aether, because it's too powerful. You can only hide it. So they buried it down in the darkest, deepest places they could. Is that, that about it? This takes place 5,000 years ago. Yeah, the creation Long of the universe. The birth of light. The, what? <laughs> yeah, at the start of the universe. No, it's not the start of the universe. Crystal, everyone knows the universe is only 5,000 years old. No, it's like over th almost 14 billion years old. Mm, I don't know about or that. Actually, I'm gonna I, gonna... I had to consult with Cameron of the Book of Medora podcast okay. to sort of get an idea of what the lore of this universe is. Uh huh. Because there are a lot of lines in this movie that imply some things about how old the universe is and what Yggdrasil is and what the Dark Elves are that mm -hmm. I think are very interesting. Okay. And we'll get into it. Okay. But the first lines of the film are, long before the birth of light, there was darkness. Right. And from that darkness came the Dark Elves. Right. Millennia ago, the most ruthless of their kind, Malachi, the Bad Key. Bad sought key. to transform our universe back into one of eternal night. Mm -hmm. Such evil was possible through the power of the ether, an ancient force of infinite destruction. Yeah. He's trying to put the red goo through all the portals, which will amplify it. But sure. then King Bor, father of Odin, mm -hmm. stops him and buries the ether deep right. in the pits of Svartalfheim. So, okay. 
Okay. I, Thor 1, we talked about it at the time, has a really hard job of having to inject a whole lot of crazy mythology into the MCU, which is a world that's already been, you know, partially established as just kind of being the real world with some superheroes in it. And it's it's not perfect at it, but it, you know, it's a very hard thing to pull that off right, and it does an okay job of it. This movie, I feel like right from the start here, is getting up its own butt with the mythology stuff in a way that completely, like, I was, my face was just fading as this went on, and it, where I got mad at it is later on in the movie when they repeat all of this exposition in a more natural, organic way. When he's got the book and he just says all of this again. I was like, well, then why'd you make me watch this whole intro? I think it's, I like the fight. I like the narration. I like when movies get up their own butt about their lore. Yeah, I, so we'll get into it as we go here. My biggest, well, I, when this movie is focusing on its characters, I like it. It doesn't do that very often. There is like a, a maybe five to ten minute stretch in like the maybe third, fourth of this movie that I really enjoy. But most of it is given over to either really big, high-concept lore stuff that's not grounded in any kind of emotional arc or anything that I just don't care about because it feels like I'm reading a fantasy Wikipedia, or it's just lots and lots of CGI fights and explosions and I'm checking my phone waiting for it to end. It should be noted that this movie did have kind of a rocky production. Okay. And I think that shows through. I did check because I was curious because I was like, how did... Because Thor 1 is so... Like, I was about to say so good, which is a little too strong, but it's a competent film with, like, decent writing. And I looked it up and none of the screenwriters or director are the same between the two. Well, it was written by Christopher Yost and also Marcus and McFeely, who wrote the Captain America films. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they need to get back uh, old Ashley Edward Miller and Zach Stentz and Don Payne. They know how to write a decent screenplay. Bring them back. This movie was at one point set to be directed by Patty Jenkins. Okay. You may know as the director of Wonder Woman. Right. Okay, yeah. But then they didn't like her idea for what the story should be. Do we know what that idea was, or? Uh, let me look it up. Okay, yeah. Because, I mean, she did a pretty good job making a movie that, like, mixed a fantastical world of mythology with the real world. I haven't seen that movie, but everyone liked it. So I'm guessing it would have been a better film than this one. Jenkins had intended to create a film based on the premise of Romeo and Juliet, okay. where Jane was stuck on Earth with Thor forbidden to come save her. Okay. After Thor eventually does travel to Earth, he and Jane have discovered that Malachi was hiding the dark energy inside of the Earth because he knows that Odin doesn't care about Earth. Right. So he's using Odin's disinterest in Earth to trick him. Okay, that has, like, there's something to that. Like, that's not a whole movie, but, like, I, I get where, like... Things come together in that idea where I can see how that movie would have, like, a thematic arc to it. I think this movie has a thematic arc to it. Uh, we'll get into it. The parts of so, it But this do, movie is know. ultimately directed by Alan Taylor, yeah. who is best known for directing a bunch of episodes of Game of Thrones. I think he also directed Terminator Genesis. Yes. Well, he was very focused on, I think, succeeded in trying to make, like, Asgard feel like a more real place and less mm -hmm. of kind of, like, shiny and plasticky, like in the first movie. 
Um, I don't think he succeeded at that goal, if that was the idea. It really? feels very shiny and plasticky to me. I think the set design in this film is very good. Oh, yeah, I get the set design's fine. It's just, I don't know. It, we, we should probably move along and we can, we can get more specific with problems as we go here. One thing I will say in this movie's favor, and maybe this is a comic book thing because I don't know Thor comics at all, I like that the Dark Elves' ships look like giant swords. Yeah, the Dark Elf designs are also very good. Yeah. They're nothing like uh, the Dark Elves in the comics. They're completely different. Oh, what do the Dark Elves in the comics look like? They look more like elves, and Malekith is like a trickster figure. I see, I see. But I like in this, the Dark Elves have a little more science fiction design. Sure. And Asgard has a little more fantasy design. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... I like I like what they did with the logo. It's a cool logo. Yeah, the like they, they got it's all like black with gold trim. That looks that looks cool. I'm trying to be positive. Luke, why are you so down on this movie? Because <laughs> I just watched it and I wanted to die. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Look, the point of the opening story is that Malekith sacrificed his own people so that uh, he and a few of his men could get away. He right. ordered the ships to crash down on the ground to kill the Asgardians. Yeah. So the Asgardians think that all the Dark Elves died, but they... Yes. That's the that's the thing. Uh, it fades into, I guess, like, right after the Avengers ended. We got Loki and yes. Chains being brought before Odin, and uh, him and his mom have some talk. He is not taking it seriously that he is, you know, be all chained up. He's cracking wise, and everyone is just not having it. Some interesting lines from Loki in this film, because... Mm-hmm. He, you could read it as him being aware of his father's history as a conqueror. Mm -hmm. Because he says, like, I went down to Midgard to rule the people of Earth as a benevolent god, just like you. Right, right. Yeah, you could take it that way. I will say, Loki is the best part of this movie. He's a good man. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's, he gets in a fight with Odin, and, uh, Odin's trying to, like, lecture him, and Loki just says, you know, hey, if you're gonna kill me, kill me. But no, because Frigga still loves him, they have decided to instead just put him in the dungeon for life. Yes. And Odin said, Loki says, Odin says to Loki, you can't rule them as a god because you're not a god. We, we are born, we live, we die, just as humans do. Yeah. Give or take 5,000 years. Yeah. And the, uh, I was going to say, like, there is an, an inkling of an idea in this movie about that. It comes up yeah. a few times where, like, mm-hmm. you know, people keep talking about how Thor should give up on Jane because she's going to die very quickly on their time scale. Um, but then they don't, like, go anywhere with that. People just keep saying it and then, I guess, stop saying it at some point just because the point's been made. And Thor's like, yeah, that's, that's okay. I'm going to go smooch her anyway. And, like, there's yeah, just... that's that's Thor's arc. Yeah, but let's not. It's not really an arc though, because he does like he's at the same spot as far as that goes. At least he's at the same spot at the end that he is at the start. He just wants to go smooch Jane, and then everyone's like, "All right, fine, go smooch." I think he's struggling with it at the beginning. He has not decided yet. Yeah, I I don't think they do a good job of dramatizing that struggle. If that's the case. They just I mean, keep... like, fair enough. Yeah. Like, I'm everyone just, saying... just keeps walking up to him and saying, oh, you're really conflicted, which is maybe the worst way to show that a character is conflicted in a movie. His fate, his fate, Luke, Chris Hemsworth does the acting to make his face right? look conflicted. No, he does, but it's just, there's like two or three scenes where he's just on a balcony, just looking off, and everyone's like, oh, your heart's in disorder. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> 
I don't know what you want from this. <laughs> like it's it's doing it's doing the, the story and the acting. Sure. Like <laughs> anyway, like it, Thor's on Vanheim because the yeah. Marauders have invaded the Nine Realms. Right. Asgard wasn't there to protect them because Thor destroyed the Bifrost. Right. So a bunch of like Warhammer Larpers have invaded the uh, Renfair. I'm not. That's I'm being snake. You know snarky but i don't like mean that in a bad way it just kind of there's a two different aesthetics between the bad guys and the good guys yeah it's good it's it's fine i'm not mad <laughs> luke yeah can you name to me and describe to me the warriors three? Oh boy um there's the fancy pants guy who's got like okay. i think he has a rapier and like uh you know like a little goatee and mustache i don't know any okay. of their names i i uh there's the oh, there's Hogan. I know him because they they. I think they're he's the only one who gets named in this one. No, they're all named. Are they? Okay, wow. All right. Uh, yeah. There's Hogan, who is um his thing is that he's played by an Asian actor, and that's kind of the full extent of his character. Uh, and then there's he's, the he's Grim Hogan the Grim. Okay, sure. And then there's um the guy the tall red haired bearded guy who likes to eat. Not in this Volstagg. one so much, but I remember the last movie he liked to eat. Yes. Uh, He's yeah. a stress eater. Sure. And then you have Sif, who's not a Warrior 3. Because, <laughs> again, they did print up the name tags that said Warriors 3, and they do not want to buy ones that say Warriors 4. Yeah, so Vanaheim doesn't have its own army. It's mm-hmm. completely dependent on Asgard for defense. Yeah. And this is like the last great battle in the war to bring peace back to the Nine Realms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're all fighting, and then Thor comes down and, uh, joins in, and then a big ol' rock man storms in. A Cronin. Okay, sure. Um, and Thor says, like, I accept your surrender, and then they all laugh, and then he hits this guy once, and he crumbles into a pile of rocks, and then Uh all the bad guys surrender. Right, he did it. He saved Vanaheim. Yeah. And then he tells Hogan to stay on Vanaheim because his actor's too busy to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's kind of the vibe I got from that moment, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not that the Warriors 3, not that the others have that many scenes either. No, but he especially, it just seemed like a weird moment of, hey, random background character, essentially, that might get one line of dialogue. You know what? You hold on to that one line of dialogue for next time, buddy. And then so the, Thor yeah. quotes his favorite show, The Bachelor, and says, Heimdall, when you're ready. <laughs> yeah, and then the Bifrost sucks him back up, and I guess, I don't know, this is not, like, a criticism, exactly, but, like, the end of Thor 1 really hammers home, <laughs> hammer, uh, how, like, much of a challenge it's gonna be to repair the Bifrost, and, like, oh, you're just gonna have to wait, and, like, Th- Avengers comes up with, like, uh, bullshit excuse to just warp Thor to Earth that they just kind of talk past real fast. Um, and then in this one, it's just kind of fixed. And, like, I guess maybe that's... Well, they use the Tesseract. Oh, is that what it is? They use the Tesseract to, yeah, to repair Yeah, they use the Space Stone to fix the Space Portal. That makes sense. Did they say that, or did I... Like, did I miss a line uh, of They don't say that, that in this movie, but, like, okay. I feel like that's not... I feel like you can expect the audience to put two and two together in that one. Um, I guess. That, that kind of presumes you saw Avengers, though, which this movie... 80, 95% ignores. There's, like, one line about how Thor was in New York. I think that's all you need, really. Like, you don't really need to know the details of Avengers, but I think it's fair for you to be aware that Thor was fighting some aliens in New York last year. 
because you probably at least saw a commercial. No, no, I, I agree. I agree. What I'm saying, though, is that, like, I, I wouldn't have, again, this is not a huge thing. Some throwaway line of dialogue about the Bifrost getting repaired seems like a thing you should have, but again, like, there's there's worse problems to have in your movie, like being really boring and making me not want to watch it. You get a good panorama of Asgard as the camera swoops through the stone buildings and the fires Yeah, as men are fighting with swords, and Odin's raven appears in this film. Yeah, yeah, it does, for, you know, a shot, and then it goes away. Uh, anyway, yeah, so Thor comes in and talks about, like, hey, yeah, killed all those jackasses. Well, we killed most of them. We imprisoned a lot of them also. Uh, and Odin's like, yeah, but you like a girl. <laughs> Thor. Yeah, Odin says, Thor, you have a confused and distracted heart. Yeah. You should marry Sif instead of Jane Foster. Yes. Because she'll live as long as you. Right. That is what he says. And Thor is just kind of like, uh, I don't know. And then it just cuts to him shirtless washing up, because, I mean, that's what people came to see this movie to see, is Chris Hemsworth's pecs. At the beginning of the first movie, Thor was going to be coronated. Right, yes. And at the end of the last movie, he was like, you know, Father, I, I'm not ready. I still need to live more years and gain experience and wisdom right. before I can be king. And then at the beginning of this movie, Owen's like, yeah, dude, you're ready. You're just putting it off now. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's not sure if he wants to be the king. Right. That, that's his, his conflict in the movie. Sure. Luke. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I agree with you that that's his conflict in the movie. Okay. I don't, I don't dispute that fact. Okay. Uh, they're all, like, celebrating that they killed a bunch of people, and Thor's like, oh, man, this murder feast just isn't getting me excited like it used to, and he goes to stare off over a balcony, and Sif joins him, and... Volstagg has kids, apparently. Oh, yeah, I guess he does. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 you don't like the set design in the scene? The set design's, like, um, it's fine. Like, I don't, I don't dislike it. It's just kind of, yeah, they're all sitting around a banquet table eating. Yeah. And, like, in the first movie, Asgard was kind of always lit yeah. in Twilight. Sure, no, that's fair. That's fair. You do get a little more, uh, variation in the Asgard scenes. You are right about that. Yeah. There's daylight, there's nighttime, nice fire lighting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in these wooden and stone halls. Yeah. It's visually a fine film. Good job, Alan Taylor and set designers. Sure, yes, the set design is is solid. Uh, so Sif Sif talks to Thor, who's yeah. brooding on the balcony, like you should marry me instead of Jane Foster. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and Thor's like, yeah, I'll think about it. Yeah. <laughs> the she doesn't get a ton in this film. She doesn't because this, this is might be her final line in the movie. I think it actually. is. Yeah, I get the sense. Uh, no, she says something to Loki, but oh, yeah. you're right, and she says something to Jane when she's breaking her out. Uh, no, she just gives her a look. No, no, she does. She gives her a look when Jane first shows up, but then when she's rescuing Jane from like the the room they're keeping her in, Jane's like, "I'm not hungry." To the guard that brought her food, and then Sif knocks that guard and goes, "Good, come with me." And that's that's her last. Okay, that's her last time. Yeah. So Jane Foster's on a date in London. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This poor schmuck named Richard. Yeah. And she is distracted because she doesn't want Richard. She wants Thor. I am very confused by her behavior in this scene. She's like, Yeah? She's like, got this menu open and she's like hiding behind it and looking at him from over it. It's, it's weird. He writes high on a napkin and slides it over to her, which that's, yeah, sure. I'm not uh, sure why finally... she agreed to this date. I'm not either. That's my. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Maybe it was something where she was trying to tell herself that, like, it's been two years, 
Thor's been to Earth since now. He's clearly ditched me. I need to move on. But now she's out on the state, and she's like, uh, I should, uh, I shouldn't have come Scott, out. He's this. just not Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Darcy shows up. Yeah. Uh, well, Faye, we, you can't, you cannot skip this. You can't skip this man's incredible backstory because he's a very important character. He- okay, go on. Tell me about. Tell me about Richard. <laughs> Well, Richard had a girlfriend who had to move to New York, and they tried to maintain a long-distance relationship, but it fell apart when he found out that she was cheating on him. And that's that's Richard. Now, Luke, do you want to know my theory? Okay, yeah, hit me with your theory. Richard's ex-girlfriend is the waitress from the Avengers. Oh, which waitress? Remind me. The one who's like, Captain America saved my life. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Why not? That's her. And she slept with Captain America. And Richard was like, Wait. oh, jeez. Oh, like, I, I can't even be mad at you. What? Are you saying that the job she took was at a diner? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, maybe that was just her side job. And she was like an actress. Oh, sh- oh sure, sure, sure. Maybe she got to uh, New York. Right when the battle was happening, and the place that was going to hire her got destroyed by Loki. So she was forced to take up a waitressing job. Now, Luke, that doesn't make sense chronologically. Now, why is that? Because she's already a waitress during the events of the Avengers. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah, you're right. Well, but the Time Stone, which we haven't seen yet, could have been... No, okay. Anyway, like you said, Darcy shows up, starts just eating their bread, which is delightful. And she shows Jane uh, the radar. Some weird stuff has shown up on the radar. We gotta go check it out. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Some Dragon Balls have shown up, and we gotta go hunt them down. Um, Yeah, they're gonna look at this. But Jane's like, no, I can't leave. I have to go stay and finish this very awkward date. Yeah, so he says he's gonna have the sea bass, and then she just starts muttering sea bass to herself over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Richard just says, hey, you're clearly not into this or me. Why don't you just go and just spare us both this nightmare that you've put us in? (laughs) So Jane leaves, Yeah, and her intern Darcy has hired her own intern. Yeah. Named intern. Like, uh, yes. Uh, his, his real name is, you know what? I don't remember what it is. Ian? Might be Ian. No, it's pronounced intern. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I thought the idea, I, I, I think the idea is supposed to be that Darcy is like where, you know, has moved up in two years and she's kind of, I don't know if she's at where Jane was in Thor 1, but she's, you know, made progress in like getting her degree or whatever. Then again, I don't really, wasn't Darcy, I don't, didn't Darcy just take that credit as, like, for some general credit thing? I don't remember. Yeah, no, it was for college credit, so she's, like, still in college. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, she she's probably, like, 20. Yeah, sure. Um, I, Yeah, I don't know why she has an intern, but uh, she does, and she relishes in just calling him intern. So they, so they go to check out an abandoned building. Yeah. Well, before that, well, she's trying to get in touch with Dr. Eric Selvig. Um, who got arrested at Stonehenge for running around naked? Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. What? How come he was naked, Crystal? It helps him think. I, hmm. <laughs> I guess. It's a weird moment. I don't really... Okay, whatever. <laughs> I mean, Luke, what's what's a place where you get some of your best thinking done? Uh, I, 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 think, I think the answer you're, you're searching for here is the, the good old water closet. Yeah, the shower. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. It's- you don't have those restrictive clothes blocking your blocking the blood from going to your brain. Right, right, because thoughts 
come out of your pores, and usually they have to kind of leak out to your hands before you can, you know, make those ideas real. But when you're naked, you can just do that with any part of your body. Yeah. What's wrong with us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're checking out an abandoned building, and there's, there's like, there's some kids there. It, it's, it's a lot like that one Animatrix short. Yeah, I was gonna say, they found the house from the Animatrix. Yeah, they found the house from the Animatrix, yeah. and there's, like, a floating truck that you can spin around very easy because it doesn't weigh anything. Right. And there's, like, some portals that you can chuck stuff through. Yeah, they go to, like, a staircase and, like, drop a bottle of something, and uh, it, like, goes down and, like, disappears before it hits the ground, and then reappears way up in the sky. And drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jane, like, throws an empty soda can in there, and it doesn't come back, and the kid's like, yeah, sometimes it just doesn't work. Um, understandably, while Jane is trying to get some work done, everyone else is just throwing shit into this portal, because, yeah, of course you would. The intern does throw their car keys in there, and they do not come back out, so, Mm. not the best idea. No, that wasn't the best idea. No. Which, at this part, I thought I was a smart boy, and figured out that everything that came back out was, or everything that didn't come back out was made of metal, and that was gonna be relevant, because, like, the can and the keys don't, but all the bricks they throw in and the, the bottle, those aren't metal. But no, that's that's just a, that has nothing to do with anything. No, but this this will come into play later. It is an important plot point. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. It's it's the crux of the, the climax. So, Jane is sucked into a portal. Yeah. To Svartalfheim. Yes. And she's at the same place where Bor hid the ether. Oh, dang. Right there. There's the ether's like just barely not being squashed between two big slabs of rock. Yeah. Yeah. And as Jane walks near it, it, it seems to kind of activate and awaken. Mm-hmm. And the goo goes inside her body it and now she's infected with the goo. Goops her up real good. This might be the goopiest movie yet in the MCU. It is yeah, it's the goopiest movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to dark space. Yeah. Where there's a dark elf ship floating in an asteroid field. Right, and they're all kind of waking up it, from stasis because the ether has been disturbed, I guess, or, like, just found. Yeah, the ether has awoken. Yeah. And Malekith's in, like, a, an alien Prometheus machine. Yeah, yeah. And he wakes up, and he's like, okay, guys, the convergence is happening, we gotta go get the ether. Yeah. Uh, I like yeah. I like the design of the ship. Yeah, uh, it's it's it, it's totally like I, I got I got no beef with the set design in this movie. Okay. Uh, Thor goes out to see Heimdall because he wants to spy on a girl he kind of hung out with for like a week two years ago. Because he's not weird. He's not weird, Tristan. You're weird. Luke, he's been busy. Okay. <laughs> like first of all. <laughs> He couldn't even go there for, like, a year. Yeah, no, that's And then fair. the second he was busy doing the war. Yeah. I feel like he could have, like, swung by to say hi while he was taking care of Loki. No, you're right. He could have he made time. Yeah, like, they had guards with them that took Loki up to Asgard. He could have, like, like, all right, yeah, I'll catch up with you guys in, like, an hour. I gotta pop over and say hi to Jane real fast. You know, just saying, Thor. Anyway, uh, Heimdall cannot see Jane because she's too busy getting gooped up. She's yeah, in the goop zone. Trillion souls, but not Jane. Yeah. Uh, and she wakes back up in the abandoned warehouse or whatever this building is, and runs out because Darcy has called the police. And Jane yells at her because Jane understands that a cab. But Darcy's like, A-cab, you, A-cab. "You've been missing for five hours. Like we had to do something." <laughs> 
And then they realize that there is a perfect circle around them where it's raining, but rain is not falling on Jane or in like a 15-foot radius around her. Because Thor's here, and he can do that magic. Well, Thor is here now, but I thought the idea was that it's the Aether doing that. Is it not? Uh, I mean, I guess it might be. I thought, isn't it not also not raining around Thor? Well, no, it, it is raining around, but Jane runs up to him. Because, like, you see Jane run to him, and the rain, like, comes in on Darcy as she runs away. Okay, no, you're right. Yeah, you're I, right. It is the Aether, Because we're going to see in a second that, like, the Aether repels anything, like, that Jane doesn't want touching her. Oh, oh no, you're that right. I, I'm looking too. Thor also has a ring like that around him. So now I don't know. Maybe it is Thor doing okay, it. Okay, so it is it is Thor's magic. I guess it is Thor's magic. Okay, sure. He's a he's a thunder god. Maybe yeah. Why not? So Jane slaps Thor because he didn't show up for two years. Didn't even didn't even call. Well, didn't even send a raven. First she slaps him because she needs to make sure he's real. Then she slaps mm-hmm. him because he didn't show up for two years. Didn't even send a raven. Yeah. So Darcy comes back over them to tell Jane that she's pretty sure we are getting arrested. Yes. Uh, and then she has a short exchange with Thor. It's like, how's space? Yeah. yeah. Space is fine. I would say Loki's the best part of this movie. Darcy's the second best part. Darcy's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Jane goes over to talk to the police who tell her that she's under arrest for trespassing. But the cop goes out to grab her and there's a huge Lady. shockwave. Mm. The ether is a true ally. Apparently, yeah. That cop, that cop did not have any reason to grab her. Yeah, that's she true. was not resisting. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, there's a huge shockwave. It like knocks a car over, blows all the cops away, and uh, they start to you know come in closer. One of them's calling for backup, and uh, Thor just grabs Jane, and they bifrost away to Asgard. Yeah, the only mortal to ever step foot on Asgard. That's true. Uh, she's very excited about having ridden the Bifrost. She's like, oh, man, we gotta do that again. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's like the roller coaster has pretty colors. Yeah, you know. Uh, she gets to meet Thor's best friend, Heimdall. Yep, yep. And then we- She gets to meet Thor's dad and mom. Yeah, yeah. Um, back on Svartalheim. Um, Svartalfheim. Svartalfheim. Uh, Malakith, Bad Keith, is talking to- Bad Keith. One of his, uh, subordinates- and, um, I don't know, they say some bad guy stuff. That's one of, okay, that's one of my problems with this movie. Malekith is a fucking boring bad guy. I, I don't think he's great. I think he's okay. I think he's, I mean, like, he's saying, he's, like, picking up some dust on the world, and he's like, look upon my legacy, all Grim. I can barely remember a time before the lights. I don't know, I, I did like, like, I think Loki is a very strong bad guy. I think, uh, Obadiah was a lot of fun until they tried to use him in a way that didn't make much sense for his character, but most of that movie, he's a good bad guy. He's entertained to watch, he's, you know, he, he's a fun villain. Uh, Red Skull, eh, he kinda sucks. He's just kinda, but I mean, he, he, he suits the story they're telling. Um, I'm trying to think, who, bad guy, yeah, Loki, uh, alright, General Thunder, man, whatever his fucking name is, General Ross, he's, he's, I mean, he's at least angry, that's something. This guy's just, the darkness will reconsume the light. He's very old, Luke. He's like 14 billion years old. I'm immensely bored whenever they make me watch him. I I like like the mythic framing of him. If he he is a he is a creator of one of the Infinity Rocks yeah. from from the previous universe, and he's been right. fighting for billions of years to try to reclaim his lost homeland. I think you could have a lot more fun in depicting that than just a guy who has some evil makeup and just kind of 
snarls. I don't know. I I really dislike him, and it makes me. It makes every like action beat in this movie really dull to me because I'm not invested in watching this guy get beaten because I don't care about him. He sucks. Whatever. Okay. Well, he's going to put an end to this poisoned universe. He's absolutely going to put an end to this poisoned universe. Um, all the Asgard doctors have uh, Jane on some kind of holograph bed. and A soul forge. A soul forge. And she is uh, correctly describing how it works through, you know, she's saying, oh, no, it's a quantum whatever. And they're like, oh, well, that you are actually describing how it works. Huh. Okay, cool. But then Odin comes Do you want to hear the art book description of Svartalfheim? Okay, hit me. Located in a star system that is almost completely corroded with dark matter, both yeah. Svartalfheim and the dark elves inhabiting it have developed under a more diverse table of elements. The oh, only source of visible light for the world is a black hole. Yeah, sure. I just kind of thought it was in a, like a perpetual lunar eclipse. But if you want to call that a black hole, I'll let you. You're allowed. Yeah, it's it's a black hole. It's emitting the Hawking radiation. I mean, it's neat looking. Yeah. It's, again, visually fine film. It's yeah, visually a fine film. Uh, but Odin walks in on Jane being examined, and Thor is trying to explain that she's got some kind of evil magic goop inside her. Uh, but Odin's just mad. And he's... She is mortal. Illness is her defining trait. Right. Yeah. Uh, he says that she belongs in Asgard no more than a goat belongs at a banquet table. And she gets huffy, but he's like, hey, fuck you, I'm Odin. And she's like, ah, you're Odin. Okay, well, hmm. Uh, some guards go to, like, grab her and drag her back home, but they get blasted by the shit. And then they realize that the, the ether is protecting her or protecting itself. Because it's like a parasite in her. It's drawing her life force to to power itself. Yeah, which seems bad. Doesn't seem good. It's uh, kind of like the soul gem. Oh, is that what it is? Is that the what stone this is? No, th- this one is the reality rock. Well, you're- but the concept of... You're telling me this is the reality stone? Yes. This is the most boring way... Th- what? It just is goop that hits you real hard. Well, Malekith was going to use it to delete light from the universe. That okay? That was but like he was going to change the nature of reality. We are now two for two on them depicting the Infinity Stones in the most boring way possible. Here's the Space Stone. It can control space. What does it do? I don't know. It shoots lasers. We'll throw in some throwaway dialogue about how it's drawing energy from other parts in space, so it kind of makes sense, but it's just a laser gun. What's this one? Oh, it's the reality gem. It controls reality. It's just a, It's just some fun Play-Doh that goes inside you. <laughs> yeah, like... What? Like, okay. they're just... This isn't even specific to this movie. It's just... When I hear Infinity Stones, and, like, when you tell me, oh, this is a gem that controls reality, I expect to see some cool shit happen. He controls reality. Yeah, but not in a visually interesting way. And he... he okay. All he does is go, like, and then a bunch of goop shoots out his mouth and hits Thor in the face. It's the reality goop. <laughs> it sucks. He's changing the reality of Thor's skin being whole. <laughs> By bruising it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm looking this up here. Let's see. I want to see 
properties. The reality gem allows its user to alter reality to what one wants to break the laws of reality and logic, such as 2 plus 2 equals 5, as well as the laws of physics. Minor uses allow one to resurrect the dead, distort reality around someone so it's incomprehensible, or other things that would be normally impossible. More powerful uses allow one to create any type of alternate reality one wishes. The movies read all of that and said, I don't know, what if he just had some goop in him? <laughs> no, you're right. They could have done a lot more with the reality rock. Wow, I figured this must be the power gem, because that's all it does, is be powerful. No, he's going to use it to change reality. Okay, but, like, by blast... They say he's just going to blast all the worlds with a weapon. <laughs> like, it just sounds like he's going to blow everything up. No, he's going to get rid of the photons. No, I understand that you can read it that way, and maybe if I listened closer no, to the dialogue, I would say. get that. But it changes matter into dark matter. Okay, Crystal, I do need you. I do need to know that you understand that changing matter into dark matter isn't the same thing as taking away light, right? <laughs> that this dark matter is a different kind of matter. Well, it means that light isn't. It's not going to be a factor. Sure. I don't know enough about what dark matter actually is to have this conversation. It's dark. I'm just saying that turning matter to dark matter, like, when I turn the lights off in my house, I don't turn all the matter in my house into dark matter. No, you don't, but this that's what he was going to do. Sure. <laughs> Let me read Odin's speech, because there's, there's some things to talk about here. Okay, yeah, oh, when he repeats all the shit from the prologue? Yeah. It's the first of many speeches about the Infinity Rocks. Mm-hmm. There are relics that predate the universe itself. Oh, yeah, yeah. What lies within her appears to be one of them. The nine realms are not eternal. They had a dawn, as they will have a dusk. But before that dawn, the dark forces, the dark elves, reigned absolute and unchallenged. Born of eternal night, the dark elves come to steal away your light. They were the stories mother told us as children. Mm -hmm. Their leader, Malachi, made a weapon out of that darkness. It was called the Aether. While the other relics often appeared as stones, the ether is fluid and ever-changing. It changes matter into dark matter and seeks out to host bodies, drawing strength from their life force. Malekith sought to use the ether's power to return the universe to one of darkness. But after eternities of bloodshed, my father, Bor, finally triumphed, ushering in the peace that lasted thousands of years. Yes. That's all those- so what this implies, Luke... Mm-hmm. Is that the Asgardians and the Dark Elves had been fighting a forever war right. for like billions of years until Boar finally won. Yes, yeah. That does sound accurate. I mean, that's, that's cool. Sure, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's just, again, it's all just... Okay, Thor 1, I think one of the big reasons it works so well is that most of it takes place on Earth and it gets to have a lot of fun with Thor being like a fish out of water. And like... It can drop Asgard shit onto Earth, and it can be, like, exciting and weird. This one has so much focus on Asgard and so much focus on, like, the mythology and all this high-concept exposition that it all just starts to turn into white noise, and I'm just not... Like, I'm not... I, I like fantasy shit. There's there's fantasy worlds I'm I'm into. But the way this movie presents it all as just... Exposition, it just all kind of washes over me and none of it sinks in. And I'm just kind of like, uh-huh, 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 yeah, okay, uh-huh. I don't know, I, yeah, but But the portrait of Malachi they're, they're painting is a man who is very old. Sure. 
and he just wants to go back home. And he, is, he has been sacrificing his own people to do so, gradually whittling down their population to almost nothing, because he's just so obsessed with how the world used to be that he refuses to let go. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I see how you are taking the pieces that are given to you and assembling that character portrait of him. And I don't think it's inaccurate, but I do think that it's just not... That sounds like a great bad guy. And then I watch Naughty Keith, and I'm just like... Yeah, alright, sure. You were, like, the bad guy on some random episode of Star Trek, probably. You just, I don't know. It's just boring. I'm bored. It's the highest stakes villain they've ever had. Okay, that does not inherently mean it's a very good villain. Okay, I'm not I'm not saying, I'm just, I'm giving you all the facts. Th- that is a fact about it, yeah. He made the, the reality rock. Sure, he definitely did that. He did it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> anyway, I, so I'm a little confused about the timeline here, because then it cuts okay. it cuts back to Naughty Keith, and uh, his henchman guy is like, you can use me and sacrifice me to, you know, do your plan, and uh, Keith, the no good, very bad Dark Elf, stabs him and then, like, shoves a rock inside of him that we saw in the prologue that, like, turns you into a big, scary monster, and then it cuts- mm-hmm. the, the curse. Right, yeah, yeah. It cuts back to Asgard, and the Warriors 3 are, like, escorting in a bunch of prisoners that look like the guys they were fighting on Hogan's world. Marauders. Yeah. So is the idea that the Dark Elf ship, like, are are they just going back to get more prisoners? Or was all the Dark Elf stuff happening, like, and, like, not at the same time? Do you know what I mean? I don't know what you mean. I mean, because they're taking all these prisoners from the fight on Hogan's world... And uh, the guy that got the rock stabbed into him is one of them. So I think I think they've been rounding okay. up prisoners for like days now. Okay, all right, that's because there's a lot of them. Uh, that's fair, I guess. That that makes sense. And Agrim the Strong, also known as Curse, mm-hmm. infiltrated the Marauders. Yeah. So he get arrested. Right. And uh, the guards take all of them down to the dungeon, uh, where we see Loki. And he's kind of watching these new prisoners and uh, kind of making a comment about how Odin just keeps stuffing this prison full of more people. But then Frigga's there. He sure, yeah, Frigga. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I sent you some books. I'm trying to make your cell as comfortable as possible. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they kind of get into a discussion. Of, and Loki's, like, mad that he's in here. And Frigga's telling him that he's here, you know, because of his actions. And then Loki has a very good line that can be read a couple of ways. Uh, which way? Afriga says, A king, a true king admits his faults. What of the lives you took on Earth? A mere handful compared to the number that Odin has taken himself. Yeah, yeah. So again, Loki is kind of showing an awareness of his father's history. For sure. And I think this line is like partly him trying to say, Ah, what I did wasn't so bad. Odin did worse than me. Right. But also partly kind of criticizing himself for not being able to live up to his father's legacy as a conqueror. Oh, I see. Yeah, I didn't take it that way. I didn't I, I feel like the way I took it was just more like that Asgard are a bunch of hypocrites for, you know, criticizing and imprisoning him for doing the exact same types of shit that Asgard does. It's like, yeah. yeah. Uh Loki loudly says that Odin is not his father, and Frigga says, "Well, does that mean I'm not your mother?" And he says, "No, you're not." And he reaches out to her. And turns out she's an illusion. So, we're gonna see later, Frigga can do illusion magic like Loki. Mm-hmm. Is Frigga- is this Frigga? Yeah, this is Frigga. Okay, because before that scene, what I thought this scene meant 
is that this was an illusion Loki made that he's having this argument with, and it was like a way to visualize like the internal conflict he's having about his feelings about his mom. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then Frigga does illusion magically, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm just dumb. Frigga can do that shit, too. Okay. Yeah, Fr- Frigga taught him the illusion magic. Right, right. I like my, I like how I thought it was better. I, I like, yeah, I like your version of it. I like the idea that he's having this fight with a version of his mom that he imagined. But, yeah. I, mm, maybe they could have done something like that after Frigga was killed and stuffed into a refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that refrigerator was just sent down the river. <laughs> it's like that one episode of steven universe where steven argues with the hologram of his mom yeah um it cuts back to thor and jane and jane is now in asgard clothes and they're out on like a lake with a bunch of beautiful asgard palaces behind them and if you're if you have no dialogue here it almost kind of just feels like they remade a star wars prequel with crims hemsworth replacing hayden christensen yeah, kind of. <laughs> it looks a lot like Naboo. It does look a lot like Naboo. Uh, explaining yeah. the convergence, which is the the other eight realms all orbit Midgard, and every five thousand years the worlds align. Yeah, and then the borders between the worlds become blurred, so you get portals and weird gravity stuff. Right. And then Jane's just looking at him like, "You're pretty." Yeah, Jane's Jane says she likes how he explains things, but she's just staring at that very good beard and those very good eyes. And uh, they smooch, and Thor promises her that they'll find a way to get that ether out of her. And then Frigga shows up, and uh, Jane, like a teenage girl, like immediately pulls away from Thor, like, no, 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 we're leaving room for Jesus, don't worry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Jane acts around Thor's family. Yeah, it's pretty good. She's an embarrassed girlfriend who doesn't know how to act. Yeah. Uh, Loki is just laying around bored in his cell while, would you say, did you say his name is Curse? Curse. Great. Uh, he takes the stone out of his wound and crushes it and starts transforming and all the marauders are, like, banging on the cell to get out, but no one's listening. And Loki just kind of realizes something's going on. He's like, huh, what's going on, everybody? And Curse kills all of his cellmates, turns into a big monsterman, and smashes his way out of the cell. Yeah, he sets himself on fire. Yeah. And uh he So it's it's a prison yeah. break and yep. Curse is Curse is strong enough that he can break the prison cell force fields. Right. And choke out the Asgardian guards. Yep. And he starts and He just... lets all the prisoners out except for Loki. Right. He gets to Loki and is like Nah. <laughs> and uh and Loki... as he's walking away, Loki's yeah. like, You should take the stairs to the left. Right. And for a second I thought this guy was gonna come back and let Loki out, but no, he doesn't. He's just like, Alright, fuck you, buddy. Um, yeah, no, even he knows Loki's bad news. Yeah. So Thor flies off to go deal with it, uh, leaving Jane with Frigga. I do like this scene of, like, Thor runs towards a balcony and, like, strips his cloak off and just jumps up and his hammer flies in from out of frame and he catches it and just rides it. Like, it's, I don't know, it's, it, I'm, yeah, yeah it, it's a, it, it's a funny shot, but in, like, not. Not a like I'm not me- like criticizing it. It's just like I don't know. I like it. It's good. It's yeah, cool. Sure. It's vi- vis- visually a fine film. It's visually a fine film. 
Uh, a Volstag and Fandral are fighting the prisoners. Yeah. They have a little banter. It's like, it's as if they resent being imprisoned. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a, a funny joke to sort of <laughs> right? ease the audience before a dramatic moment. Yeah. Just some lighthearted humor about how people don't like being imprisoned in dungeons. It's just an ice, just a way to break the ice. Yeah. Uh, Loki is just, uh, sitting on, like, the windowsill of his cell, reading a book while this prison riot's happening. Uh, and then Thor shows up and starts beating people up. And it cuts to Heimdall. Yeah. And there's a cloaked dark elf ship mm-hmm. that even he can't see with his very special eyes until right. it's, like, right next to him. Because they're made of dark. Yeah. No, yeah, that would make sense, Yeah, actually. I, I, I thought that was the idea, yeah. Uh, so yeah, th- this is a pretty good action scene where, like, he runs along the Bifrost and pulls out his daggers and jumps onto the ship. Mm-hmm. And his daggers are so good and sharp that they make the ship explode. Yeah, they sure do, don't they? <laughs> they're very good daggers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a cool scene. Yeah, so... And it's like, then he lands on the Bifrost after blowing up that ship, mm-hmm. but there's an even bigger one coming. Yep, and that's no good. Uh, Yeah, and then there's like some turret guns shooting at the ships and... A lot, of, a lot of fights with the ships. They're spinning around. I like around. the shot where the big ship rises out of the edge of the waterfall as Heimdall looks up at it. Yeah, that's, that's a good shot. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of space fights. Not, not space fights, but fights with spaceships. Heimdall's. It's a good, it's a good action scene where the Asgardians have like turrets and they have like their own fighters, which just look like Viking boats. Yeah. But they can fly and shoot lasers too. Yeah. Uh, Heimdall starts to raise up, like, a golden magic force field around the castle, but then, uh, Curse goes into the room that I guess has the generator for it and breaks it so the, the force field falls. So all the ships get into the... I'm the Dark bored. Elf ships are, like, big pillars with, like, a little node yeah. three quarters of the way down, so mm-hmm. they, like, make sharp turns and turn horizontal and crash through pillars and stuff. This was the point where I realized that I was checking Twitter, even though I told myself I was gonna just sit and watch the film the whole time. Somehow my phone had gotten out and I was staring at it instead of the movie. Because <laughs> I was very like bored of the movie. No, this is where this movie... So uh, until this whole action scene, I was like, alright, I'm not loving this movie so far, but again, Thor movies have like a weird problem where they gotta do a lot with like mythology shit. Maybe once they get all this table setting out of the way, it'll it'll get good, and I'll enjoy it. And then this scene was where I kind of lost hope <laughs> that it would get good. Well, it's a good action scene. I disagree. Visually, a fine film. <laughs> the Dark Elves have, like, these grenades that they throw that, like, makes you implode. Like, they get sucked up into, like, a singularity. Again, visually fun. Okay, it's it's good and, and terrifying, but like now we get a good minute or two here of just Asgardian henchmen fighting dark elf henchmen, and it's just a bunch of lasers and swords, and I don't care about any of it. They're they're attacking the Golden City, Luke. Yeah, they sure are. That is happening. He, the bad Keith shows up and he throws a black hole grenade on the throne to destroy yeah. the throne. Sassy it's Keith like tosses tosses one of them grenades right on the throne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the named characters show up and start mowing down the last of the dark elves, but uh, bad Keith's gone. Uh, he's gone to find Jane, and Jane is like cowering in the back of this room while Frigga guards her with like a short sword, and she talks with bad Keith a bit, and uh. 
I don't know, they fight. It's cool that Frigga gets a fight scene. Yeah, she she does beat the bad Keith. She holds like a dagger, um, not, she holds like her short sword, like, you know, um, blade down, which is neat looking. And yeah, it's, it's a, th- this part of the fight scene's all right. Um, but then, uh, then Curse shows up and gets her. The bad Keith goes to get Jane, but oh no, Jane's a hologram. She's an illusion magic. So there's, uh, she's not here. And bad yeah, Keith just so like, then Keith asks yeah. Frigga, where's the ether? Uh-huh. And she says, I'll never tell you. And Keith says, I believe you. Yep. And they kill Frigga. They do, they kill her. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stuff uh, her in the fridge. Yep. So, yeah, she dies. And as soon as she dies, Thor comes in and starts electrocuting uh, bad Keith. I paused it on a very good frame of Bad Keith's face getting all warped and melted by electricity. Yeah, he gets the iconic two-face look. Oh, is that like I, is that how he looks like in the comics? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Luke, it's like Thor was only late by one second, so maybe if Loki hadn't told Curse to take the stairs, oh, that's true. Thor could have gotten there. In that time. is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's almost like Loki is responsible for his own mother's death. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I like the design of the dark elf masks. Oh yeah, they're cool looking. Seem- yeah, where they because it like- seems like they're like it. It looks like they're blinding themselves because yeah. they don't want to have to deal with the light unless they have to. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. but yeah, the curse and Malekith get away, even though Malekith got all electrocuted up. Um, Thor's all sad, Odin comes in, he's all sad, cause Frigga's dead. It's, it's really, cause Frigga was in the first movie, she didn't have yeah. that much to do in that one either. No. This one does a lot of, like, we need a couple scenes with her showing just, oh, everyone loves Frigga, and she loves Loki, and we really need to remind everyone that she's their mom, and they love her, so that when we kill her off, anyone will care. Cause, boy, right. we did not do a good job of that in the first movie. Yeah, anyway, well, she, she dies. You get to have a cool funeral scene. She gets a cool funeral scene. They they put a refrigerator in the river with a bunch of lilies and set it down. Um, and They shoot uh, it with the fire arrow, and it goes floating off the waterfall. Yeah. And she gets to be in front because she's the queen. And they like they all have like these glowy future lantern things that I think they... Do they let them off into the sky? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot, of, good. a lot of reaction shots of people being sad and just... This is such a long funeral scene for a character who's had, like, five lines of dialogue. Possibly longer than her entire presence I think she's on screen dead more than she is alive, yeah. She disappears into light, into the universe. And this entire time, I'm sitting here with, like, my head on my elbow, just like, ugh. Do do anything I care about, movie. Please. <laughs> if you wanted me to be sad during this, you should have made Frigga more of a character. You get, like, I agree. individual I reaction shots of every... Scene's very good. It's visually a solid scene, but it's just... It's completely... It is... I, I don't feel anything watching it, because, again, they didn't make Frigga a good enough character, but the way it's shot and the way it's showing the sad reaction shots of every single character makes me feel like they're expecting me to be sad about this, and I'm just not. I'm just tapping my, tw- like, drumming my fingers, waiting for it to move the fuck on. <laughs> Look, I hate, hate this, this movie, movie Crystal. So oh. <laughs> We're getting close to the so one part of it I kind of like. Form... <laughs> hmm? we're, we're starting to get to the part of it that I'd like a little bit. Okay. Getting there. So a guard comes out to tell Loki that Frigga has died. Yeah, and, and it's Loki all like just still... Nods. Yeah, like the music is still playing. You can't hear any of the dialogue. And then the guard walks away and Loki 
Loki rages out, but like in a really subdued way. He just kind of clenches his fist and all his furniture goes flying everywhere. But not even flying yeah. everywhere, just kind of all, just kind of, like it's not, it's a relatively subdued breakdown. Well, you'll see the bigger breakdown later. Yeah, yeah. But for now, speaking of breakdowns, we've got to talk about Dr. Selvig. Tell who, me about uh, Dr. Selvig. Well, he's standing in front of a chalkboard with a bunch of Technobabble written on it, and he's got two shoes, and he's talking about how every few thousand years, the nine realms will converge on each other, and uh, physics will become distorted, and, you know, this could be cataclysmic. Uh, is this where he says that, like, oh no, that's later. Uh, he's just saying that, yeah, this is going to be a catastrophe, but he's invented these magic metal rods that if he sticks them in certain places, he can save the world from being negatively affected by this cosmological event. And it's it's kind of like, it looks sort of like he's in a classroom, but then you see the wide shot finally, and he's in, like, um like a nursing a home asylum. slash asylum. Yeah. Like, it's a mental asylum for old people. Yes. And, uh, and Stan Lee is there and asks, Can I have my shoe back? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And um, we get a shot of Bad Keith just hanging out on his ship. I don't, nothing really happens. He's just like, yeah, we, we're going to go get him. Hold mm-hmm. on, let me bring up the line. <laughs> Algrim, the cursed, says, I need your strength to reclaim the ether. And when you wake up, you will kill them all. Yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, anyway, that. uh, Jane is just kind of rubbing her arm and like, man, this sucks that I got this goop in me. And she gets like she's a starting whole... to have visions. Yeah, she's starting to have goop visions of uh, just all the goop being everywhere, um, and destroying everything. And that's no good. You don't want the goop to do that. I, I feel like so. I might be misremembering. Didn't um, wasn't uh, bleh, I'm blanking on her name. The actress that plays Jane. I've said it already on this episode. Natalie Portman. There we go. Thank you. I'm bad with names. Isn't there, like, a thing where she's not, like, she wasn't really willing to show up in Marvel movies after this for a long time? Or, That's correct. I get why. She doesn't get to do much in this movie. No, she doesn't get to do a ton. Like, if you, she just, like, she didn't get to do a ton in the first one either, but she got to do more. This, yeah, I don't know. They, It, it feels like they don't know what to do with her character other than make her a damsel for Thor, and that's boring. Like, she should just be Thor's tech guy. Well, she kind of yeah. isn't the climax. Like, they finally get there. But, like, that's the, the interesting thing to do with her. But instead, she's just sitting around having dreams of goop. So, Guardians have convened a war council. And Fandral explains, We are still unable to restore the palace shields. Our artillery cannot detect them. Even Heimdall can't see them. So, we're basically defenseless if they decide to attack again. Yeah. So, they are sealing the Bifrost so that no one can go in or out of Asgard. Yeah, Odin says to Thor, we're going to let Malekith come to us. And Thor's like, uh, if we let him do that, then a bunch of innocent Asgardian civilians are going to die. Yes. Um, also, Malekith just did come to you and kicked your ass, so I'm not really sure why you feel like you might win the second time. Especially now that you're weakened from the first attack. Like, this was an unequivocal L in your, you know, uh, notch in the L column, my dude. And yet you're like, ah, he'll come back and we'll get him. Odin's plan makes no sense in addition to being inconsiderate of the civilian population. Well, I think Odin just wants to have all his forces in one place. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. So that he can do the big fight. Right. Thor and Odin have this this big blow up where uh, Odin says that, you know, hey, we will sacrifice as many lives as we need to as long as it stops Malachi. 
and Thor then said, how are you different from Malekith? <laughs> 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 the difference, my son, is that I will win. Right. That seems like not a great difference. Yeah, no, it's like a, it's like a thematic parallel. Right, yeah. It's like poetry. Oh, yeah, it does rhyme. I feel like it he rhymes. could have said the difference, my son, is I'm not trying to snuff out all light and kill everybody in every world. But, you know, also but that you're going to win. But the thing he's bringing up is that neither of them value the lives of their people. Right. No, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Thor's plan, which is better than Odin's, but still not very still good. Still kind of bad. Is that he's going to take Jane to the Dark World yeah. and draw Malekith there and let Malekith take the ether and then blow it up with lightning. Yes. The thing that, I guess I guess the part where the ether can't be destroyed got lost. That page isn't in the storybook. Yeah. Well, Thor's, he doesn't bring it up to Odin's face, but his other pressure here is that the ether is going to kill Jane if they wait yes. long enough. That's that's correct. So he's kind of in a rush. That's, that's kind of... They're making it a bigger thing, but yeah, Thor's really just kind of worried about Jane. Uh, so yeah, he's been told off by Odin, and uh, oh no. But we cut back to Earth, and Dar- Darcy and the intern yes. are talking. Darcy's mad because no one's answering her phone calls, uh, neither. Uh, Darcy says, S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't even calling me back, and the intern says, what S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. And Darcy says, it's a secret. Yes. Um, but then while they're having this conversation, the news report of Dr. Selvig getting arrested while naked, uh, comes up on the news. Is this, is his thing where he doesn't want to wear clothes anymore, like, a residual effect of being possessed by the Mind Stone? Yes. Okay, I guess, sure. I don't see, uh, I don't see Hawkeye ripping off his clothes all the time. You don't see him at home. I guess that's true. That's fair. Well, but Dr. Selvig's not at home. He's naked at Stonehenge. Yeah, well, he doesn't have the military training. Sure. (laughs) It's just, it's a weird thing to introduce to this character. (laughs) That, (laughs) like, why? (laughs) Why? Why not? It's like, they needed a reason for him to be locked up so that the other characters can't talk to him until midway through the movie. I don't know, what if when he tried to do his plan the first time, he decided to be naked? And that got him arrested. Like, why? (laughs) Why not? Because it makes no sense! Why does it make sense? Because he could, like, he he is shown to be in charge of his mental faculties. He He would understand that this would not go well. His mental faculties got less in charge of when he got the mind control. But I'm saying later in this movie, like, later on, when they're going somewhere, he's like, oh, I need to put on some pants before I leave the house, you know? Well, that was, you know, on a different day. I'm just saying, they just make up this bizarre character quirk for him to have (laughs) for no reason other than to say, to, like, have an excuse for him to be in a mental ward. And it's just whatever. It's fine. It's baffling. <laughs> they want an excuse to get him naked on camera. Like, what, what do you want? <laughs> they did it with ScarJo. Now they're doing it with uh, yeah, the Scarsguard. That's <laughs> his last name. Uh, yeah, if, if you have a scar in your name, you gotta get naked in a Marvel movie. <laughs> <sighs> Thor is at some bar in Asgard, and he's got Heimdall hanging out with him. Because the Bifrost Heimdall commits secret. treason in every single one of these movies. That's what I was about to bring up, is that Heimdall is a bad guard for Odin to keep. 
He has committed treason against three separate sovereigns of Asgard. <laughs> yeah, because in Thor 1, he, like, they sweet talk him into going to Jotun to go beat up the ice giants. When Odin's- Oh, right, he does treason twice in that movie. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and that's when he comes in and says, I can't disobey a direct order from Odin. And Thor says, I'm not asking you to. And then it cuts away, and Thor says, what, what we're doing is treason of the highest order. Immediately after assuring Heimdall it's not treason. Like, irrespective of whether it's right or wrong, Odin needs to fire Heimdall. Well, he ends up doing that in the third movie. Okay, well, kind of. alright. He finally racked up enough demerits on his personnel file. Yes. Oh, in this one, Odin's just sitting on his broken throne, just feeling like, ooh, when the yearly performance reviews come up, Heimdall is out of here. Uh, but yeah, they so, are going... This whole little section has, like, a weird, like, Ocean's Eleven-y kind of framing, where they're sitting around a table talking about what they're gonna do, and then it cuts to them doing it. Yeah. Um, because they need to go talk to Loki, because he's the only one who knows how to get out of Asgard without using the Bifrost or the Tesseract. Because he used that secret portal in the first film. Right, right. Uh, so Thor goes to see Loki, and at first Loki looks all kind of, you know, dressed up and nice, and his room is in order, and Thor just looks at him, like, sad, is like, Loki, come on, man, it's me, I know. And Loki just turns the illusion off, and the room is a mess, and Loki's a mess. And, okay, this is the part of the movie I like. The Thor and Loki stuff is good. Yeah, Uh, he's like, he's got a bunch of fruit guts on his foot. Yeah. Oh, I thought he cut his foot on, like, a piece of glass or something. No, I think it's fruit juice. All right. (laughs) He stepped on some of those fruits. Sure, he's got... tossing around on the furniture. He's got kind of a Tommy Wiseau look going. Absolutely, yes. (laughs) Just his matted, shoulder-length black hair. Well, yeah, Loki feels very bad because he's partly responsible yeah. for his, the death of his mother. Right. And, you know. So Thor says, look, I'm going to offer you the sweet taste of vengeance. You need to uh, help me find the portal, and then we can go kill Malekith. Yeah. And Thor does warn him that, you know, when they fought in the past, he had some glimmer of hope that maybe his brother was still in there somewhere, and he's lost that. So now Loki has no protection from him, and if he does, if he pulls any shit, Thor's gonna kill him. I prefer the line they used in the trailer, which is, when you betray me, I will kill you. Yeah, that is better. It does cut it, to, like, the, the planning scene again, and Thor's just like, he will betray me. But yeah, no, that, that line is a better line there. Uh, Loki and Thor are just walking down a hallway, and Loki's just very happy. So unlike you, brother. Yeah. Sneaking around. Um, there's this bit where, like, they, the camera keeps getting obscured by a column, and every time, like, it can see them again, Loki has changed form. First he turns into a guard, and, uh, you know, that's better, but Loki's like, oh, we can be less conspicuous, and they turn, and Loki has turned Thor into Sip. And that's, yeah. yeah uh-huh. <laughs> And, and then just... Loki turns himself into Captain America. Right, and it's weird because all the other form changes he does, they keep their voices, so it's just like Chris Hemsworth's voice coming out of Sif's mouth. But Steve Rogers is just uh, Chris Evans all the way. Yeah, Chris Evans is in this film. Yeah. They did originally shoot it with Tom Hiddleston doing an impression of Captain America. I honestly, uh, Chris Evans does a very good impression of Loki doing an impression of Captain America, so I'm glad they did yes, it that he way. Does. Like it's this a good cameo. This shot and like this little bit of dialogue is probably my favorite part of the whole movie. And it's a completely throwaway fan service cameo. 
but yeah, Thor finally gets annoyed that Loki isn't taking this seriously and uh, cuffs him. Cuffs him. Yeah, Loki's like, "You give me a weapon," and Thor reaches into his pocket and gets something out. But oh, it was handcuffs. Oh man. And then Sif goes to get Jane. Yeah, this is where, yeah. She beats up a couple of guards. Jane says that line I said earlier. Good, let's go. Yep, some real great dialogue work. Uh, so Jane and Sif- uh, Jane <laughs> yeah. meets Loki and slaps him. That right. was for New York. Yeah, that made up for it. <laughs> uh, and Loki's like, oh, I like her. Heimdall calls Odin uh, to the Bifrost room for an urgent matter. Yes. Then he just says, my liege, I am committing treason. And Odin just looks so shocked. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Because <laughs> Heimdall just says, I'm here to report treason, my lord. Of whom? M- of me. And he just pulls the sword out of the Bifrost. And Odin, like, is speechless. His jaw's on the floor. He doesn't know what to say. Odin's just like, this is, this is stupid. <laughs> You're all stupid. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, Thor walks away and Sif, like, puts a sword to Loki's throat and warns him that if he does anything to Thor, she'll kill him. Uh, and then she hangs back And then back Volstag to, does the same thing. Yeah, Volstag says the exact same thing at a different time. They're all kind of just, uh, s- you know, setting up checkpoints, basically, to stop the guards from catching up to them as Thor, Loki, and Jane get into the ship that crashed into the palace in Asgard. And uh, Thor can't Thor flies how to through the, ship. the city, and yeah. he's being very big and obvious, and he's like crashing into a bunch of pillars, and he decapitates a statue of Boar. And then Loki starts yelling at him like, "This is stupid. This is the worst plan ever." Yeah. So then Thor pushes him out of the ship. Yep. Uh, but then he grabs Jane and also jumps out of the ship because the ship was a decoy, and the yeah, last it's a distraction. The the last fighter man catches them on a flying gondola. Fandral. Sure. Why not? And Jane's falling asleep during all of this. Yeah, Jane just needs a nap. <laughs> so Loki guides their their ship into, like, a rock. And there's a hole in the rock, and that hole is the secret portal that can take yes. them to Svartalfheim. Yeah, yeah. Seems, seems weird there's just a hole in a rock over here that's a magic portal, but who am I to judge? I don't understand the Asgardian ways. It, you know, it's, the, it's, it's a convergence portal. Sure. Uh, but yeah, they, they get to Svartalfheim. And, uh, they're just kind of going along. Um, Loki and Thor have some dialogue, uh, about, like, Thor says, like, he wishes he could trust Loki again. Like, they have a moment where it seems like they're sort of kind of reconciling, but also Thor knows, like, he can't actually let his guard down. And he's, like, sad about that. Yeah. Yeah, the the Thor-Loki part of this movie, I actually like. I think they did a good job on that part. Loki says you shouldn't marry Jane because she's immortal. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, he, he does mm-hmm. say all that. Mm-hmm. He does say all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they get mad at each other because uh, Loki feels like Thor failed to save, you know, uh, Frigga. Yeah, that all happens. Like I said, the, the, the character stuff between them, pretty solid. Yeah, Thor says, I wish I could trust you. And Loki responds, trust my rage. Yeah, not the not the best piece of dialogue. It's a, you know, it's a goth line. Sure, yeah, true. Uh, Darcy and Ian are getting Dr. Selvig out of the mental hospital. I like um, the performance given by this desk officer. He's really, this guy, like, watched Austin Powers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when yes. Austin gets unfrozen and is getting all his stuff back. That is what this, this guy's guy doing. really gives us all into this role. Yeah. <laughs> one, can you, can you give me an impression of this guy? One, one ring of keys, three rings, bag of 
prescription pharmaceuticals. Various. Various. Um, one jumbo-sized penis pump. One, <laughs> one book. Your giant-sized penis pump and you, this kind of thing, is my bag, baby. Three keys. <laughs> anyway, uh, oh, and then he also has the, the science nails. Uh, which, for some reason, Ian insists on carrying horizontally through this narrow hallway. He could just well, turn them and they'd be so it's like much... a visual joke. It'd be so much easier to just carry them vertically. Do you know what, uh, the intern's last name is? No. Boothby. Okay. Sure. Intern Boothby. <laughs> that, that him. They see a swarm of birds. They say birds are happening. Uh, and all of a sudden they all vanish, just like the shit in the warehouse did, and then come up through the ground around them, and they all, you know, it's spooky. And then Eric throws all of his medication in the trash. Yeah, because he just got but validation You're not, you're not the... supposed to do that, Eric. No, that seems like a bad way to dispose of your medication. Eric, you're not supposed to... Usually you have to, like, wean yourself off these also things. Also that, yeah, yeah. But he says he's, he's happy to have validation that the world is crazier than he is. We'll see if he still thinks that when he starts going through withdrawal on all that medication. Yeah, don't do that. Yep. Uh, so they are headed off to Jane's lab, and meanwhile Jane, like, wakes up, but her eyes got all, all scary. Yeah, she's being consumed yeah. by the ether. And uh, Thor and Loki go up to the top of a hill where they can see Naughty Keith's ship on the horizon, and they're approaching. And uh, Loki asks him, can he, you know, finally take his handcuffs off? And Thor's like, fine, and takes him off, and Loki stabs him immediately. And I did- You're a fool to trust me, brother. Yeah. I did have a moment where I was like, man, Thor, really, bud? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? They, they did it. They did the acting on you. <laughs> I mean, sure. Okay, yes. I will, I will grant that I thought Loki was actually betraying Thor until, for a minute or two, and I was like, oh, wait, no, I see. This is just gonna be a triple cross. I get it. Um, but yeah, no. Like- until, like, what it took was him cutting off his hand and me trying to think, wait, does he have, like, a robot hand in Age of Ultron? No, he doesn't. Oh, okay, this is, like, illusion shit. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, Loki stabs him and shoves him down the hill and starts kicking him and, uh, tells Bad Keith that he has brought the ether to him. All he wants in exchange is a good seat to watch Asgard burn from. So, you know, yeah. Keith's like, oh, okay. Thor tries to call yeah, sure. his hammer to him and Loki cuts his hand off. And a weirdly, it's like a weirdly bloodless stump. You just see a bone in there, and it's it's weird. It's a good knife. Yeah. <laughs> so Keith starts drying out the ether from Jane. Right. And then and this is when yeah. Thor signals to Loki, give up the charade. Right. So and they start attacking the dark elves. Yes. And Thor starts shooting lightning at the ether, and it turns into like hard crystals and falls onto the ground. And the day's the day's been saved. Right? Everything's fixed. No. Uh, what? What? Because the ether's not actually destroyed. Ah, oh, dang it's it. too powerful. Ah, oh, beans. Uh, yeah, all the crystals, like, lift up off the ground and get sucked into him anyway, and Thor's stupid plan didn't work. Congratulations, Thor, idiot. on goofing it all up. You dumbass. <laughs> you literally did just walk up to the bad guy and give him the super weapon he wanted. So Malekith reabsorbs all of the crystal shards of the reality rock. Right, yeah. Malekith absorbs the reality stone into his soul so he can go use its power to destroy all the worlds. 
He's not destroying anything, Luke. He's just turning the matter into dark matter. Well, no, because he says, like, your universe shouldn't have ever existed in the first place. I think the idea is he wants to wipe out the universe. No, he just he just wants to make a universe without light. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, Thor fights some, some mooks, and um, Loki saves somebody from a grenade. Who does he, he save? saves Thor. Oh, he saves Thor. Okay. And uh, he's getting sucked up into it. No, he saves Jane. Oh, he saves Jane. Right, yes. And then Thor saves Loki. Um, but Loki gets hurt by killing, oh right, him and Curse kind of mortally wound each other, and, uh, Thor just kind of cradles him and assures him that, oh, don't worry, brother, I'll tell everyone what you did here today, because you're a hero and a cool guy, and I love you. We're brothers. Because Thor's dumb. (laughs) Do you think, you think Loki wasn't dead in this scene? You know, I think he might not have been. Because they actually did shoot this scene planning to kill him off. Oh, really? Yeah, they made the ending change pretty uh, last minute. I, that surprises me, because that, se- yeah, that seemed like the obvious way to go. But, um, yeah, Loki quote-unquote dies, and Thor's sad about it. And him and Jane are stranded on the Dark World, while uh, Bad Keith gets ready to go destroy everything. Sorry, turn off the lights. Hey, Spider-Man? <laughs> Why don't you turn off the light? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Keith is just going, they ask why he's going to Earth, and it's because he's going to go door-to-door and switch off everybody's lights. Well, no, he's going to Earth because Greenwich, London, England, is the center of the Convergence, and he can use the Convergence portals to exponentially amplify the powers of the reality rock. Right, Uh uh-huh, this movie sucks. It's a good film, Luke. (laughs) It's really not. (laughs) We're done with the part of this movie I like. (laughs) So... Thor and Jane go to a cave and talk about how they're trapped here, but then Jane's phone starts ringing. Right, yeah, yeah, and it's, uh... It's Richard. It's What's-His-Face. Richard. Yeah, What's-His-Face. Uh... Richard. What's-His-Face. Richard. (laughs) Uh, yeah, he's calling, um, and he's, like, trying to talk to her and maybe try and get another date out of her, but she's just amazed that she's getting cell reception in a scary dark world. And is just telling him to not hang up the phone while she explores this cave and finds all the shit they dropped into the portal on Earth that didn't come back come back out. And she realizes that, oh dang, we're on the other side of that portal. And uh, yeah, she just goes. It's a, it's a good, it's a good little little moment. Like, oh, what's going on here? It's like, oh, oh. Yeah, it's it's fine. Um, and yeah, they manage to just get back through the portal back to Earth, find the car they drove to that warehouse that's now been vandalized. Thor struggles to fit his very large body into this very tiny car. Yeah. And then when he sits down, he says, so, who's Richard? Yeah, and Jane just, <laughs> Jane just like, gives him a look, like, fuck, fuck off, dude. <laughs> That's an alright moment. Yeah, you know, because, you know, I did lie. We're not quite done with everything I like about this movie, because they show up uh, to Jane's lab, where Eric and everyone else is, and there is maybe the best the moment best of the whole movie. The best joke in the film. Where Thor looks at the coat rack and just kind of gingerly hangs his hammer on the one open hook. <laughs> the coat rack is worthy. Yeah. You're right! <laughs> uh, Eric gets up, and he's not wearing any pants, because it helps him think better. Gotta get them thought juices out of his pores. Um, but yeah, this is where he... Ex- and he sees Thor, and he's like, hey, what's up, Thor? It's like, your brother's not here, is he? Yeah. And Loki, uh, Thor's like, no, he's dead. And he'll, oh, thank just, God. Thank God. And then he realizes that that's maybe insensitive. 
So he gives Thor a nice pantsless hug, and then explains what you did, which is that the last time the convergence happened, um, the ancient people of the world used the gravitational properties to build all the natural wonders of the, not the, the, the man-made wonders of the ancient world, like the pyramids in both Egypt and South America, and all that sort of shit, because... Actual ancient people couldn't have possibly made anything that cool unless magic shit was involved. Yeah, no, it's a very bad and racist trope. Uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah. This is not the worst version of it, because at least they did still do it in this version. It's not like aliens came down and did it for them, but it is still... No, 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 no one could have figured out engineering before we did. Don't be stupid. Also, the timeline doesn't really... Those weren't all built at the same time. Right. <laughs> well, in the MCU, they were. Okay. Uh, and it turns out that if you draw lines on all of them, they all intersect at Greenwich, England. Has anyone gone mm-hmm. and done the work of seeing, like, what all the landmarks he marks on that map are? Well, I, let me bring up the frame. Okay. Because I'm guessing it's just random marks on the map to make a crossover Greenwich. Yeah, probably, actually. Yeah. But before we get to that part, there's a scene where there's a soldier yeah. looking at something on the Dark World. Yeah. And if you pause it, you can see for just a second at the edge of the frame, there is the greenish glow of Loki's illusion magic. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and that soldier shows up to talk to Odin. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shows up to talk to Odin and says, like, we did find a body. It was Loki. And the soldier does do, like, an evil smile in a way that, like, oh, okay, well, didn't really... He does do a very evil grin. <laughs> didn't hold that illusion for long, buddy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Dr. Selvig does the thing with the convergence, and they have to go to Greenwich to- Let me get this frame up. Okay, yeah. So, the map is just of the United Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, I guess Stonehenge is one of them. Right. And there's some others, I guess, I don't know. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) So, they have to go to Greenwich, England, because the fabric of reality is going to be torn apart, and they have to jam the science nails into the ground to stop it from happening. Yeah, and for this is a serious job, so Selvig needs his pants. Yes, because this time it occurred to him that he'll get arrested if he tries to do it naked. Right, he's he's learned his lesson. He's capable of learning. <laughs> right, he's had he's had character growth. He had an arc in this film. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Even you know sometimes you need to respect the rules of society. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um. But uh, naughty Keith sheep. Sh- not not <laughs> naughty Keith sheep shows up. And, uh... Naughty keep sheeps. <laughs> Naughty keep sheep. And it's... Okay, yeah, huh <laughs> It crashes into, uh, you know, whatever this complex they're at is. Um, the, the Greenwich. Probably some important building that if I were British, I would recognize. Yeah. Uh, this is now the second alien, like, massive alien attack on the Earth in this movie series. Mm-hmm. I feel like... I feel like the first one, that's a really big deal. Everyone's going to be freaking out. But now this one establishes this might just be the new status quo, and that seems like it's even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Naughty Keith comes out, and he's all ethered up. His skin's all black now. And there's, like, holes in the sky that are part of the convergence. Yeah, the convergence holes. Yeah. And Thor's here, and they start fighting. He's, he's shooting the goop out of him. He's using the power of the reality stone to shoot shockwaves of goop at Thor. Well, here's the thing, is that Malekith is very old. 
Uh-huh. So he he can't use the, the rock to its full potential. I'm just saying... That's why he needs the portals get, to amplify the power. This isn't even a problem with this movie specifically. I am going to be so fucking bummed if the rest of the MCU is this boring with its ideas on how to use the Infinity Stones. Uh, Doctor Strange is good with the Time Stone. Okay, alright, that's something. I'm concerned you only uh, had Power Stone's one. bad. Power Stone I can at least forgive because it's just the Power Stone. It just makes you powerful. The mind, they do the good stuff with the Mind Stone. You're right, the Mind Stone they're okay with. I, I will- The Soul Stone yeah. sucks. Yeah, the Soul Stone doesn't even show up till Infinity War, right? Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a cool fight where, like, Malekith and Thor are shooting lasers at each other. And they're, like, flying through portals that are appearing randomly. Right. Jane has rigged up this machine that lets her warp people around. Um, And, yeah, in addition to that, because of the convergence, there are just random portals. So Thor and Bad Keith just keep getting knocked through random portals to random places. They're going to random spots on Earth, back and forth to the Dark World, showing up on Jotun at one point. Jotunheim, rather. Uh. It's a, it's a good idea for an action scene. It at some point just starts to feel goofy in a way that doesn't feel intended cuz it it's like a cartoon. They're just like randomly falling through places and then falling somewhere else and then now there's a monster that they ran past and it's here and some of it's played for jokes, but like this is the big climax of the movie and it feels goofy and like not especially high stakes. Because they're, it's, I like the idea of it. I don't know if I like the execution. I like the part where Mjolnir gets confused and it's like in space trying to go to Jotunheim. Yeah. But then Thor's back on Earth, so it like turns around. Yeah, that is good. Um, It's definitely a better action scene than the one on Asgard was. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, I agree with that. I like both. Yeah. I like the part where they're sliding on like the glass dome of a skyscraper. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't like hate this one, I just kind of, I don't know. Like I said, it feels it feels like it can't decide whether it's the cool climax with a neat gimmick, or if it's a funny time joke time, where they're just randomly teleporting. Yeah, I, I guess that, they, those don't mix well in this movie to me, I don't know. Yeah, they do. Okay. <laughs> for you, they do for you, yes. Okay, sure. <laughs> Um, like the part where Thor is like in th- in the the bus, the metro. Yeah, and he just gets on the bus for a few stops. Yeah, that does happen, and a woman does uh like pretend to trip so she can fall into him and feel him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Some fighter jet pilots get sucked into Vanaheim. Yep, yep. Uh, sucks to be them. No, they come uh, back at the end. Yeah. They make sure to specifically show that. Sure. Uh, Jane has cool red boots. She does have cool red boots. Yeah. Uh, it's good in- fashion. Intern saves Darcy's life at some point, and that makes her immediately just want to start making out with him in the middle of this uh, apocalypse. As you do. Yeah. And um, I still keep thinking, because Jane does just talk to Darcy like she's her younger sister. I keep thinking they're sisters. Cause that's, they're not. I know they're not, but like that is the dynamic they have. Because like she yes. she sees Darcy making out with intern, she's like, "Ew, Darcy!" In a way that you'd be like, "Oh God, my little sister." Ugh. Like, what do you care? She's just another person. Chill out. Yeah, chill out, Jane. Yeah, Jane. Yeah, Jane. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I thought of a really good joke I should have told like an hour and a half ago. Oh yeah. Do you think that like when because like Jane goes on that date and uh, you know she can't um seem to concentrate on the guy she's out with because she's too obsessed with Thor. You could say that 
you kind of say that Thor is um like Jane's addiction. I'm I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can kind of cuz cuz she's just so into Thor that it's like a detriment to the rest of her life. It's kind of like he's Jane's addiction. I don't get it. <laughs> Jane's addiction is a band. Oh, okay. <laughs> You you think like maybe Jane writes about Thor in her diary? Do you think Thor's in like <laughs> the diary of Jane? I don't know that one. It's a song. Okay. <laughs> this show sucks. <laughs> Everyone that's told us they like it is lying to spare our feeling. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Naughty Keith has made a big old goop tornado that he's gonna turn off all the lights with. Um, he's gonna shoot the goop right through all the convergence portals. So Thor grabs, like, the tips of the science needles and runs into the tornado. He did- no, he grabs the whole ones, which, they're, like, as tall as he is in one shot, and then for the rest of the movie, they're, like, small, like, arrow size. They just shrink. I don't- okay, sure. I he used magic. Yeah. Like, I thought I was misunderstanding something that happened, but no, they just get smaller. Okay, that's fine. Uh, he goes into the goop tornado, and Bad Keith's like, Ha, ah, you're too late, I'm gonna snuff out all the th- lights. Cause I'm a bad guy. And, uh, Thor throws one of the needles at him, and he catches it, and then Jane uses her machine to warp away Naughty Keith's hand, which is kinda neat. Learned that from Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, what he does to Loki? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the same thing happens with Naughty Keith's other hand, and he's just spewing goop out his armholes. And uh, Thor's hammer finally catches up to Thor after it's been running around this entire city trying to get to him. Right as Thor does like a lunge at him with the last needle, and Thor hits him with the needle and the, the hammer at the same time, and Naughty Keith just goes boom and smashes into the ship, and then gets warped away. And that's that happens. Yeah, and then... The ship seems like it's gonna fall on Thor. Right. And, like Jane runs out to shield him with her puny body. She tries to like that drag. Will also get crushed. She tries to drag him out of the way, and then she realizes she can't and just lays down on top of him. It doesn't even look like she's trying to shield him because obviously that won't work. It just looks like she's like, well, guess I'll die. <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird moment. I guess so. But That's like, okay because the yeah. ship teleports back to Svartalfheim. Yeah, Selvig used the crushes Malekith. And yeah, yeah, crushes bad Keith, and he's he's a bad Keith no more. He's not any kind of Keith Much anymore. like he ordered his own men to crash their ships into the ground. That's true, yeah. It's poetic. Ah. <sighs> anyway, hmm? then, yeah. then it cuts to everyone just having a nice, nutritious breakfast a few days later. They make sure to show the fighter pilots getting out of Vanaheim. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jane's just kind of bummed because Thor just kind of left because he did commit treason and needs to go figure that out. And everyone just kind of like, yeah, he kind of, kind of just ditched you again, huh? So, but back on Asgard, Thor and Odin are talking, and uh, Odin's like, dude, that was you. You like broke a lot of laws, but it all worked out in the end. And everyone saw that you did cool hero stuff, so it's fine. You're you're good, dog. Don't worry about it. And uh, yeah, Odin, Odin says you you are ready to be king. You would be a good king, and everyone would follow you because they saw you save everyone. Right. And Odin says, what can Asgard give to its king? And Thor says, my life. 
Because all he really wants to do is go fuck off to Earth. Yeah, he will protect Asgard, but he cannot be king of Asgard because he's not prepared to accept the brutality and the sacrifice. Yeah. He'd rather be a good man than the great king. Yes. Which, they talk a lot about the brutality and sacrifice, and Thor and Odin do have that one argument about it. You never really see Odin do anything bad in this movie, per se. He talks about how he's willing to, but, like, I don't know. I, I, I've, I've heard that Ragnarok gets into that more, you know, that Asgard is kind of a colonial power and that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. it almost feels like they could have used some of that in this movie. Like, more than yeah, just they, alluding they to Yeah, they could have done it more. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not out of nowhere by any means, because they do talk about it more than once, but I don't know. It, it seems like they could have shown it a bit. Because the only people they're shown fighting are the Dark Elves, who are, like, unambiguously bad guys. Or at least they're presented unambiguously as bad guys, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's... The- but, like, even in that situation, like, Thor is not... Like, he's not prepared to order men right. to their deaths. Right, exactly. He, he can sacrifice himself. Right. But he's not the person who can call on others to do that. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. It's It, it, it sort of works. And, like, it, this would be... Again, that stuff is minor nitpicks in the face of the fact that I just think this movie is extremely boring and hard to watch. But Thor is just like, all right, I'm leaving. Bye, Dad. And Odin's like, hey, I'm proud of you. Odin has, like, a weirdly poetic line to say goodbye to him. Yeah. He says, it's like, I cannot give you my blessing, nor can I wish you good fortune. Right. If I were proud of the man my son had become, even that I could not say. It would speak only from my heart. Yeah. And Thor turns around and walks away. And before he's even out the door, Loki drops the illusion because Odin was never here and it's been Loki all along. Yeah, he says, no, thank you. Yeah. And then it's the credits. That's the credits. That's a very good twist ending. That's a good twist ending. I will give you that. And then uh, our post-credits scene, some weird pink lady in who knows where is guiding... Two of the, you know... Sif and Volstagg. Yeah, whatever. Uh, guiding them into the room of the Collector, because they want to keep the Aether with him, and they explain that they already have the Tesseract in the Asgardian Vault, and it would be dumb to let two Infinity Stones be next to each other. And the Collector's like, yes, I'll take it. I'll take the Infinity Stone, yes. And, uh, yeah, that's it. We'll learn more about that, fella, come time for the Guardians of the Galaxy. This a, it's a good mid-credit. This is the first mention of the Infinity Stones. Yeah, it's the first time they've used that term. Yeah, it's it's a good, recontextualizes both this film and previous films. Yeah. It's what a good mid-credit scene should be. Sure. There's not a post-credits one, too, right? It's just that one? There, There is a post-credits. Oh, is there? Oh. There's not much. Let me fast forward through Thor the credits to see it. goes back to Earth, and he and Jane kiss. Oh, is that it? And there's a Jotun dog on Earth, too. Oh, it's the one that, like, showed up during their fight? I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so the the status quo has changed. Now Thor is permanently residing on Earth. Yes, and Loki is the king of Asgard because he's pretending to be Odin. And who knows what happened to Odin? And yeah. Thor will return. Thor will return in the Age of Ultron. Movie's bad. Luke, what grade would you give this film? (sighs) Okay. Okay, let's let's break it down. Let's break it down. Okay. One, two, three, four, five stars. <sighs> two. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Shit. I like the parts with Thor and Loki, and I am bored and disinterested for literally every other scene in the movie. You're giving this film a D. I'm trying to think if I want to go that harsh. I'm, 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 I'm struggling to think if I like this or, or Hulk less, because 
my issue with both movies is the same. It's that I'm bored. Um, I think, I think I'm gonna say a C because I do think it is an inch better than Hulk because I can't even say, oh, I like this part of Hulk and nothing else. Where this movie, I can say there are scenes I'm entertained by in it. Giving it a, a straight C. I think like if, if the Hulk is like a 74, this is a 75. And you, you are placing it above The Incredible Hulk. I think I'm putting it above The Incredible Hulk. Man. Uh, going into this, I was actually thinking of putting it uh, right above Iron Man. Okay. So you're thinking, like, yeah, B-minus range? Mm-hmm. Because, like, I, I did enjoy watching it. I think you might have talked me down a little bit. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, listen, if you enjoyed it, like, I'm not here to take that away from you. I'm just here to say I do not share that enjoyment in the slightest. It was always it was always gonna be pretty close with Iron Man. Uh huh. Sell me on Iron Man. Uh, Iron Man has a lot of fun antics in his garage. It's uh got a pretty good character arc for him in the beginning of the movie that is nice and direct and clean and it doesn't carry through the whole movie, but it is solid. And also, Crystal Obadiah does tell him he can't have any pizza, but then offers him two pieces. <laughs> okay. Oh, what about Iron Man two? <sighs> Iron Man 2 is the one where I'm looking back like, do I really think that one's better than the Hulk? I almost want to re-rate Iron Man 2. Because Iron Man 2's got Justin Hammer, and it's got Yvonne, the Whiplash man, and there's nothing else I like about that movie. Yeah, but I think where we settle on is, like, that's... It's still more fun than the Hulk is. Yeah, you're right. It is more fun than the Hulk is, which I think this one is also more fun than the Hulk, but it's much closer than Iron Man 2 was. Mm, those Justin Hammer scenes are pretty good. They're very good. He he got authentic Italian ice cream from California. Okay, so here's where I stand. I think visually, this movie is very, very good. This I is, like it. This is a fine visual movie. Uh, it It's kind of like Iron Man 2 in that there are a lot of good ideas for the story that they don't really explore as much as they should. It's also kind of like Iron Man 2 in that both of the movies open with the hero having solved a world crisis. Like, Iron Man 2 opens with Tony fixing the war on terror, and this opens with Thor fixing all the chaos that broke out in the Nine Realms. Yeah, well, it's kind of different because... Because <laughs> one's fake! Fantasy versus real life <laughs> right. into... Thor is re- just returning things to the previous status quo that we right. knew. No, no, you're totally right. It's just that when that scene happened, I was like, huh, it's kind of like Iron Man 2. But yeah, no, you're obviously they're not the same. Well, here's the other thing, Luke, is like I, I am reflexively inclined to be more generous to this film mm-hmm. just because other people hate it so much. Because you kind of like it. And when you kind of like something and everyone dumps on it, it makes you feel defensive. Yeah, I, I've totally felt yeah. that about things. Hmm. Yeah, t- to me, think, the, the real put- death knell for this movie, the prologue is kind of boring, but ex- I was like, all right, we got to get this out of the way to make it work. But then you'd give me the same information again, but with more info, so I didn't need it twice. And then that goes immediately into a really long fight that's a bunch of CGI spaceships shooting lasers with a bunch of no-name characters that you haven't made me care about that leads into the death of a character that you want to pretend like you've made me care about, even though you super haven't. And then give me a super long funeral scene of that character that I just am mad that you're presuming that I give a shit. The problem is I like all the action scenes. Yeah, if you like the action scenes, that's fine. That's a matter of taste Um, at some point. I feel like once it gets into really big CGI battle stuff, I, I'm i struggling to think of any movie that has that kind of thing that like manages to keep me engaged. 
I, I would say this movie is on the border of three and four stars. Okay. Is it more of a B minus or a C plus? I see. I see. Well, so it comes down to, do you think it's, what have we given a B minus to? We gave, so is it, do you think it's better than Iron Man 1? I think we've said no, right? I, th- uh, I think it's very close. Okay. Gun to your head, is it better than Iron Man 1? Like, that doesn't act, that doesn't help me. <laughs> I'm pulling the trigger, Crystal. <laughs> okay. Bang. All right. Well, she's dead. Guess we're done here. Um, like, I, yeah, hold on. Okay. I'm, let me just scrub through this movie again. All right. All right. Let me find the parts I like. Okay. There's the part where Dr. Selvig is naked in Stonehenge, which they show us twice. Um, there's the part where, uh, curse. See, look, I previously made a tweet that I would not allow this podcast to end until I convince you to put it above Iron Man. <laughs> right. I do remember you saying that. <laughs> which I'm not going to do. Okay. Thank God. Cause I won't. Okay. I have issues with okay, Iron I'm Man, but it's it- better. I'm going to put it below Iron Man. Okay. And above Iron Man 2. Okay. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. So is that a C plus or a B minus? Like what? Okay. Let's get more granular. What score did Iron Man get? Like it got a B minus. Right, right. But like what right. What number got it a B minus? Is that an 81, an 82, an 80? Um, You're the teacher marking up Iron Man's paper. I don't know. Okay. Well, that's fair, because that's a hard question to answer that doesn't have any context you would need to give an intelligent answer to. Uh, well... Hmm. Ooh. I said it was cl- mm. Yeah. I feel like I want to give it a B-. Okay. You can give it a B-. No one's gonna stop you. Okay. Well, I did yeah. it. I give it a B-. Alright, I'm giving it a C. Okay, let me let me calculate up these this GPAs here. Because I, I do feel like, uh... I, I'm I'm said I hate this movie and it's bad and I do think it is bad but like I I would want to reserve D for like offensively bad movies like movies that I think are like bad for anyone to watch you know yeah like man it's like Suicide Squad that's a D oh I don't know <laughs> so the combined this is our fir- very first disagreement yeah it's taken us so Luke, long you gave it a C yeah I gave it B minus. So okay. it averages out to a C plus. Averages out to a C plus. Yes. But we do have both of those letter grades on the spreadsheet for posterity, right? That's correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. And since it averages out to a C plus, uh, the cumulative rankings match. Well, hmm, how do we do the the cumulative rankings? Like right, this? because you're saying above Iron Man two, I'm saying below Iron Man two. I guess it just means Iron Man two and this are tied. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Iron Man two and this are tied. Okay, so Hulk's at the bottom, then Iron Man 2 and Thor 2, then Iron Man, right? That's correct. And then Captain America? And Sorry, then... let me let me bring it up. And then Thor and Avengers, I think? Cumulative rankings, the Avengers, okay. Thor, yep. Iron Man 3, mm-hmm. Captain America, yep. Iron Man, Thor 2, Iron Man 2, Tied, right. The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, I think I'm okay with that. Okay. That sounds, that sounds about right to me. Obviously, yeah, again, I would not knock Thor 2 down, but... Tied with a movie I find morally repugnant. Sounds about right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that means the total GPA of the MCU cumulatively yeah. is 2.667, a B minus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, is So I thought uh, Captain America 2 was next, but based on the teaser, is Guardians of the Galaxy next? No, it's Captain America 2. Okay, okay. They just teased Guardians of the Galaxy early. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, it's, it's, boy, the Guardians of the Galaxy thing that happened is going to be very old news by the time we get to Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, you mean that James Gunn got fired? Yeah, that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the thing that happened. 
Yep. Where can people send us questions? <laughs> you can send us questions uh, uh, at me at gmail.com. Or they can just follow you on Twitter at Arcane Crystal and you'll yell at them to give you questions about a movie when we're about to record. We need to clear out this questions document. Would you like to read some? Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Uh, let's see here. From Emily. Is there anyone you wish was in the first Avengers team that wasn't? Hmm. Trying to think. Whoa. Who's, who's your favorite uh, Marvel superhero? I mean, they're all characters. Like, I really like I like Ant-Man. I like She-Hulk. I like uh, Captain Marvel. But I also get why they wouldn't be in the first Avengers movie. Like, I'm fine with them coming later. Although, She-Hulk seems like she's never coming. That's fine. <laughs> I would have liked to see the Wasp. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, right? And you liked it? Uh-huh. Cool. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Can't wait to watch it for this podcast in a few months. Yeah. <laughs> in uh february oh have you timed it out is that what it's gonna take mm-hmm. when does infinity war 2 come out or whatever they're calling it now may okay so we're almost First gonna in may we're almost gonna line it up that we can just do the episode of it right when it comes out yeah almost yeah great uh what's our next question uh emily asks who's your favorite avenger based on just the first movie thor i might say, i might say the incredible hulk if we're basing it on just the avengers Oh, see, I thought we were saying based on their first movie. No, based on just the first movie. Okay, if we're basing it on Marvel's The Avengers, then yeah, I agree with you, Hulk. Mark Ruffalo does yeah, a Hulk, good job. That, that movie did a lot to increase the stock of The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Didn't make The Incredible Hulk retroactively better, though. No, no. That guy has a condition. Son, you've got a condition. I just, I said it on Twitter, I want a movie that's that guy teaming up with Stanley from the Hulk movie. I don't know what they're going to do, but they're going to hang out together and just be nice old men. Uh, let's see here. From <laughs> Ashley. Is there a world where this movie could be made without the previous movies? What would that look like? Wait, I thought we answered this one. Well, let's answer it again. The answer is yes. They could have done it, I think, rather easily. I don't think the Avengers depends on having seen the previous movies. Yeah, it really doesn't. They did a surprisingly good job of introducing all those characters. Kind of, And Thor is probably the most like slippery one to get in there because he does just show up and they just kind of like oh these some dark energies don't worry about it um but like thor is also kind of a weird odd duck when you look at the movies so it's fine yeah i i think they could have just made the avengers and it would have worked luke kane has a question okay which branch of christianity do you think steve rogers personally subscribes to yeah. And do you think that his faith has been shaken or bolstered further by his exposure to otherworldly beings and a seemingly omnipotent weapon? Hmm. Well, uh, hmm. I don't think his faith has been shaken. Uh, I don't think it's been bolstered either. I think it's just right at the same level. Because, listen, he he fought Loki. He was like, oh, there's only one god, man. So, yeah, he's fine on that front. His faith, it's steady like a rock. But I'm not sure what branch, of, what, what denomination he uh, is a practitioner of. Let's see. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm googling Christian demographics in New York City. Uh, he is of Irish descent, so okay. perhaps he is a Catholic. I was gonna say, yeah, he's yeah, probably Catholic. So yeah, let's let's go with that. Let's say he's Catholic. That's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. Captain America, he's faithful to the Vatican. That's the real. That's who he's really patriotic to. What's our next question? Well, it's your turn to read it. Oh, okay. From Tank Hammer. Whose interpersonal hero dynamic do you enjoy the most? Aside from Stark Banner, which most would probably agree is the best? Yeah, I like Stark Banner. I like, um, Tony and Steve also. I like Hawkeye and Black Widow. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, trying to think. 
I, I guess it's not really interpersonal with Hulk and or with uh with Steve and Thor, but I do one of the parts of Ultron I do like is when they're at the party and everyone's trying to lift the hammer and Steve kind of nudges it a little and Thor gets very panicky. They should so, make a movie with those two characters. They should. That'd be a good combo. Yeah, I like I like the regular humans. Yeah. Frankie asks, "Does Agents of Shield take away from Coulson's death? Does it matter?" Take it away, Crystal. Uh, I don't think it takes away from his death. I think they they treat it very seriously with the narrative weight that it deserves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but to answer the second question, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to the films, no. <laughs> uh, Kay Hirsch asks, why isn't rescue a full-on thing in the movies yet? Give Pepper her own dang armor already and also kill off Tony Stark, please. So I guess rescue is Pepper Potts' hero name? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't know anything about. There's rescue. a rumor that she'll show up in Avengers Four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they they gotta they gotta replenish their bench for Avengers Four. So sure. I don't think they'll kill off Tony Stark. Um, I can imagine them killing off Tony Stark. I think they would have done it by now if they were going to. I could imagine it being because they killed off all the second string heroes in Infinity War, right? In a way that was like, well, obviously you're just bringing all these guys back. You're not. You didn't make Black Panther and then kill Black Panther off immediately. That movie made too much money. And also, you've already announced a sequel. Um, I could see it being a case where the Avengers have to do something like sacrifice themselves to bring everyone back. And then all those like hero mantles get passed on to new, if not new characters, then new actors at the very least. Because I'm sure those actors don't want to just be in Marvel movies to the till the end of their lives. You know, they have to retire those actors at some point and in Tony Stark I mean they're gonna die eventually they definitely do Disney has the technology (laughs) I mean I guess you're right but no I I think that at minimum some of those actors will get replaced and especially in like Tony Stark's case I feel like Robert Downey Jr. is so Tony Stark is just like un inseparable from him at this point in a way that I could see them saying hey, there's going to be either a new Iron Man that's a new character or just another character like War Machine or like Rescue or whatever that just takes his place. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think they'll kill off Tony, though. They they might not. I don't know. I could see them killing off Tony. I don't think the contracts matter at all. They can always renew contracts. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah, who knows? We'll see, I guess. Yeah, it's just that, that that's what people always bring up is like, oh, the contracts are running out. It's like that literally means nothing. Oh yeah, they can just renew them. That doesn't mean anything. Like it's it's a point it's a possible exit point, but that doesn't mean that they're gonna take advantage of it. Yeah, no, I think they're gonna keep everybody around. And like I don't think they're gonna make an Iron Man four, but I think you'll yeah. keep showing up in movies in a Spider Man like capacity. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's possible. There's a lot of different ways they could go. Luke, we have some questions on Twitter. Oh dang. Okay, what do we got? Uh, Victor Perfecto asks, is there any difference in quality between sequels as wide as the chasm between Dark World and Ragnarok? Um, I'm trying to think. Avengers uh, Age of Ultron and Avengers Infinity War. Okay. The best one and the worst one. <laughs> oh boy, can't wait to get to Age of Ultron. <laughs> Luke, we didn't even like, disagree that strongly on this one. No, well, already we did like it first and then I brought you down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I just browbeat you into mostly agreeing with me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Crystal. I didn't enjoy the film you selected for our viewing. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, is Luke still Thor? I've been so worried about him for weeks now. Ask uh, Priscilla. Um, no, I'm I'm feeling a lot better now. 
Curly Brace asks, Do you think the later Avengers and Thor films would have benefited from having Jane Foster in them? If so, what might she do in them? Also, how were the Warriors 3 and Sif in this one? Uh, the Warriors 3 and Sif are still meaningless background characters that could all just be melted down into one character named mm-hmm. Sif. On paper, I would want Jane Foster around, but also they really didn't know what to do with her in this movie. Yeah, no. Because Jane Foster becomes Thor or something in the comics, right? That's right. Yeah. I have a hard time imagining a world where they did that story in the movies with this Jane Foster. Because they've just given her nothing to do. What if she made Ultron? Yeah, yeah, that could have been cool. Um, I, I assumed during the setup part of this movie that it was going to be a thing where, oh, she's got this goop in her, she's going to like participate in some fight scenes by using the goop, but it's eventually going to take too much of a toll on her. And that's how they would go, instead of her just kind of hanging out, taking a nap. Yeah, no, she was mostly very sleepy in this film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tiberius asks, Why does Phase 2 Marvel have such a villain's problem? Um, the villain in- Well, no, I was gonna say the villain in Iron Man 3 was good, but then I remembered that it's not, um, the fake Mandarin, it's the- I don't even remember his name, the shitty CEO guy who I, I didn't care about. Killian. Killian, yeah. Um, they haven't been good villains so far. I like the Mandarin. Yeah, no, I, I liked him. That was a good part of it. Uh, I'm trying to think of who the... The Winter Soldier's cool. People like him. I don't know if he... Uh, yeah, he counts as a villain, at least in that first movie. Um, Who else you got? You got... Uh, Ultron. Got Ultron. Mm-hmm. Yellow Jacket. Oh, oh yeah, that is phase two. Yeah, Yellow Jacket's probably the best of them. R- really? It's been awesome I've seen Ant-Man, but he's, he's sure as shit better than Naughty Keith. Okay. There's something to him, at least. Who? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, God. He sucks so much. He's worse than Bad Keith. You're right, because he's got the same problem as Bad Keith, but more. Yeah, they've really dropped the ball on villains. They should fix that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the middle films kind of have a tough time knowing what to do with the characters. Yeah, yeah. I guess they do start to fix it. Like, the Vulture's a good bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what their problem is. They should get better. Uh, let's Cameron see. asks, yeah, how many generations of Asgardians died in fruitless war against Malekith? Seems like a lot. Three seems, million. Seems like most of them. A lot of them. If, it's been, if that war has been raging since the start of the universe, then yeah, lots. Uh, let's see. Um, ba, ba, ba. Jonathan asks, which Asgard is better, the one in the first or second movie? I mean, the one in the second movie, but I just didn't see that big of a distinction. Like, yeah, it gets dark sometimes in this one. And they got some wooden tables now. I don't know. Yeah, it's. I like the Asgard in this movie. Yeah, it's an improvement. I'm not arguing that it's not an improvement. It's just a marginal improvement that I didn't really even take note of until you pointed it out. Evan asks, should I watch it? Nah, don't bother. Do it, it's a good movie. It's a bad Tank movie. Tank asks, what's <laughs> up with the Dark Elves? What is up with the- well, I think we've described that, actually. They're, uh, from the previous universe, where there were no photons. Right, mm-hmm. They didn't have any. Uh-huh. And yeah. then they were somehow transplanted into this universe, and they were forced to adapt and grow eyes, even though it's painful and disgusting to them <laughs> to see the light. <laughs> Your version of Thor 2 sounds so much better than the one that actually exists. It's all there, man. It's really not! (laughs) 
Uh, let's see. Um, Kane asks, yeah. what's your opinion on the Dark Elves Michael Myers fashion aesthetic? It's, it's fine. It's fine. No strong feelings one way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, at TR6 Queenly asks, I don't remember much from this movie other than a cool ship sequence. So which would win in a race, an Asgardian ship or a pod racer? Probably the Asgardian Pod racer, ships. not even close. Oh, you think so? Not even close. See, the pod racers definitely look super fast in that movie, but my thinking was that they're these junked up racers made out of scrap parts, whereas the Asgardian ships are, you know, actual ships made out of good parts. They didn't do too good now, did they? They didn't. I guess that's fair. The pod racers are definitely cooler looking. I'll give you that. Jay Olek asks, couldn't they just bring a fucking flashlight? <laughs> well, they didn't need it. The world was lit by a black hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was lit by a black hole. Uh-huh. That looked a lot like a lunar eclipse more than a black hole. Mm, sure did. Could have just said there's a moon stuck in the sky blocking out the sun. Well, no, it was a black hole. Yeah, I know. Luke, where can people send us questions? I said that already. It's at MCU. It's MCUcompleteme at gmail.com. Yeah, send us some more questions. That's yeah. all for now, though. Yeah. Where can people find you online? They can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. Uh, they can find uh, some other podcasts I do, like Totally Reprise or Teenagers with Attitude uh, or Let's Place, which I do with you. It's about video games, uh, which is going to be doing a live show at PAX West, if you're going to that. Uh, Sunday, 6 p.m. at the Sandworm Theater. You can come watch me and Crystal and some other folks uh, talk about video games for a while. It'll be a good time. Uh, yeah, go on, to that. Yeah. On Saturday nights uh, at 9 p.m. Central, you can go to bit.ly slash silverpines and watch Silver Pines, which is an RPG stream that I GM with a bunch of other audio entropy folks, and it's fun. What about you, Crystal? You can find me online at Arcane Crystal on Twitter. Uh, you can listen to me on the Book of Medora podcast on audioentropy.com, where we talk about The Legend of Zelda. And you can find me and Luke on the Let's Plays podcast, where we scientifically and objectively rank every video game according to quality. That is all accurate. Luke, you want to hear a Thor joke? Yeah, yeah, sure. Who is the strongest Asgardian? Um, I, who, who is the strongest Asgardian? Charmin toilet paper. Yeah, I noticed you put an extra little pizzazz on the S. Thought it might be going in like a butt direction. Right, because the toilet paper is like an Asgardian. Is it really though? Like your underwear is the Asgard. Like you're, you're. I feel like your the toilet paper is less of a defender and more of a, a, a vanguard. You know, it gets in there. Okay, okay, okay. Let me start over, Luke. Yeah. Who is the strongest Asgardian? Uh, I don't know, Crystal. Who's the strongest Asgardian? boxer briefs there you go now you got it although really boxer briefs don't guard your ass very much i mean they're pretty soft cloth i mean if i get if i get someone hits me in the butt with like a baseball bat it don't matter if i'm wearing boxer briefs okay what what would you wear um some kind of armor i guess okay luke (laughs) yeah who is the strongest asgardian (laughs) i don't know crystal who's the strongest asgardian ass armor yep there it is you finally found it the funniest version of the joke possible. <laughs> 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 <laughs>